It is time for another Kutztown University football presentation right here on the radio voices of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. Our fourth broadcast of the year brings in the Shippensburg Raiders to take on your Golden Bears. Today's game can be heard on our airways 1670 AM, as well as our online streaming platforms like TuneIn, MyTuner, and the Radio Garden app. You can also hear our broadcast by dialing 563-999-3101. And with that, let's send it over to Andre Reed Football Stadium for the call of today's game. Here is Jack Kine, Josh Chu, and Mitchell Smedley. From Andre Reed Stadium on the campus of Kutztown University, we'd like to welcome you into this presentation of Kutztown Golden Bears football here on KUR 1670 AM, your home for all things Golden Bears football. I'm Jack Heim alongside my broadcasting partners, Joshua Tudum. We'll get a message from our on-field reporter, Mitchell Smedley, coming up here in our pregame coverage. So glad you're choosing to spend your Saturday afternoon here with us here on KUR. Josh, another Saturday of Kutztown Golden Bears football getting set to commence in just under half an hour here from Andre Reed Stadium. A great win for KU last week on the road at Robert Redmond Stadium at Bloomsburg by a score of 24 to 3. The defense looked very sharp in that one, really suffocating that Huskies offense. And running back Jaden Stewart had a career day with 100 yards and a rushing score in the win a week ago. Yeah, not much offense in that game against Bloomsburg. Jaden Stewart was the man of that game. He looked amazing shall we say, a solid day with offense running through him strictly. That many points, 24-2-3, your final from Robert Redmond Stadium last week. That was covered by us, K-War. Uh, great win for the Golden Bears. Judd Novak not having the best day, 10-21 for 21 on the day, 113 yards. He did throw for one interception to get sacked one time, his longest pass being 39 yards. And that was to Caden Hasty, his number one man that we've always seen this season. And one thing I want to know is just Caden Hasty, Jane Stewart, your two big men of the game, carrying offense for the Golden Bears that ultimately ultimately led them to that win. Absolutely. And another big part of last week's game was special teams for KU. Ayami Aduga had a blocked punt and was named a PSAC East Special Teams Athlete of the Week as he blocked that one and tracked it down all the way back into the red zone where that KU offense took over. The, that drive resulted in a Dawson Evitz field goal. And then Antoine Lloyd had a huge punt return that got the Golden Bears all the way down deep inside of Huskies territory. So we'll see if special teams uh, plays a big factor here today against Shippensburg, Josh. Yeah, you you mentioned it. Defense and special teams, I thought, really controlled that game. You mentioned it with Aduga's uh, block punt, and I had the chance to talk to him, it was yesterday, we were walking back from class together, and he basically just said he knew he had to step up big time, he saw the moment, and he took advantage of it, and I, I definitely think he wanted that one back, he could have easily returned that for a touchdown, but just kept bobbling the ball, and ultimately made the decision to just fall on it, great decision nonetheless, but I think defense like I said, controlled that game, and that was something that Eric Fargo, the defensive coordinator, loves to see. He wants to see the defense in control, whereas I think a, a good amount of the other Kutztown coaches would prefer that offense stays in control, right? But defense is something that the Golden Bears have put a lot of strength on, put a lot of pressure on, and just every week they always continue to deliver. 
Well, a staple of the Golden Bears under Jim Clements says the head coach of this program is stifling defense. It feels like year after year, KU's defense is one of the tops in the conference and one of the tops in the nation. But I want to go back to that block punt for KU. Is their first block punt as a program since November 2nd of 2018 in a road contest at Millersville. That's a span of 45 games uh, between block punts on the special teams units. So that was a big-time moment for them and one of the big-time moments of that game a week ago. But now let's focus on this week's game as the Golden Bears get set to welcome in the visiting Shippensburg Raiders coming in with a record of 1-5 on the season, 1-2 in, in conference play, but their lone win coming against the Huskies at home on their family day by a score of 7-0. to But for Shippensburg, I don't know if their record fully tells the story. Four of their six games this year, including that win, have been decided by only one score, and their loss a week ago against Westchester was a 38-28 final score in that one. So they've played some tight games. It's just the results have not gone their way. Yeah, they're really struggling this year, Jack, and you mentioned it. The record doesn't really tell the tale, right? Their first loss, 14-10 final. Staten Hill, 28-23 final. IEP... 49-14, not ideal. Shepard, you only lost by a touchdown, so they're hanging with these tough teams, but they can never finish, and I'll talk about that as one of my keys to the game later on here in the pregame show, but one thing I want to note, though, is just getting back to my previous point, they do look strong, they look solid, but never can finish the task, so it's going to be interesting to see today, Jack, they have a couple of different of key matchups that both teams have seen each other. One being Shepard, another one being Bloomsburg, and could sound we'll see Westchester in three weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see Jack how Shippensburg looks today and how the Golden Bears can handle the Raiders. Absolutely. Again, this Shippensburg team doesn't really boast too, you know, potent of an offense. And Kutztown saw a team like that last week in Bloomsburg. For, for Shippensburg, you know, they average just over 17 points per game. That's 14th in the PSAC or third last. Um, so not really the most potent offensive team coming in Andre Reed Stadium here today, especially on the rushing side of things as well. Only 90 rushing yards per game. That's second last in the conference. And their 2.5 yards per carry are last in the PSAC. So on a day where the weather conditions aren't the most ideal, and we'll get an update from our station advisor, Monsoon Mike, coming up in the pregame about what the weather forecast is expected to be here this afternoon. You know, but statistically, KU really holds the edge you know, when it comes to the rushing game because they are a stout rushing defense against a lackluster rushing offense, Josh. And you mentioned that they don't like to pass the ball a lot. 82 for 172 on the season. They did throw five interceptions, so Kutztown's defense is going to take advantage of that pretty quick, I would say. And only their average attempt is about seven and less than a quarter of a yard. So they want those quick passes. They don't love those longer passes. So I think that's something we do have to look to as well, Jack, with the weather conditions not being ideal to say the least. But it's going to be interesting to see how the weather conditions play into account here, but also to how the passing attack and hopefully the running attack for Shippensburg can play into today's game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you meant we, we've teased about the weather, and you know, usually when you when you're dealing with not ideal weather conditions, you usually tend to run the ball a little bit more, and that you know really ultimately goes back to my point about Shippensburg, you know, not being able to run the ball efficiently throughout their first six games this season, and for KU, their run defense, you know, engulfing the other team, really just you know bottling them up 
at every turn. So we'll see how that matchup plays out on the gridiron today as kickoff set for about 22 minutes here, a noon kickoff here at Andre Reed Stadium. Josh, you know, you look at the Shippensburg passing attack and you briefly started to dabble into that. They're a lot more efficient on the passing side of things than they are on the rush and you look back to a week ago uh, when you start to scout this Shippensburg team despite their loss they put up a season high 479 yards of offense outgaining Westchester by 160 yards and that came and freshman quarterback Sam Stoner threw for 268 yards three touchdowns and unfortunately for him a couple of interceptions in that game so we'll see if that passing attack from a week ago can translate over here today again with the weather, not necessarily sure he's going to be able to put up the sat line that he did a week ago. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it. Sam Stoner, the true freshman. We talked about him before we did get on air, Jack. And he averages a game 171 yards and, and three quarters of a yard. But they don't rely solely on one quarterback. That was something we also mentioned before we get, got on air, Jack. They also rely on Sam Johnson the third and Joey McCracken. McCracken has 71 yards a game in the passing attack, and Sam Johnson the third has close to about 110 yards per game. So they do love the passing attack more than the rushing attack. But with weather, that always plays a factor, right? It never should, but it always does. Coaches love to never make excuses. That's just the type of people that they are, but... Something I want to look to today, Jack, is how Red Douglas and Jamin Bryant play with the weather conditions. Douglas averages 65.5 yards per game, whereas Bryant averages 50 and a third yards per game. So it's going to be interesting to see, Jack, how the passing attack can play here with the weather conditions. Plus, we mentioned it already, Tanner Hess, their leading rusher, he averages per game only 52 yards, so one or two things is going to happen. They could thrive through the rain in the passing attack, or Tanner Hess is going to have to step up big time for the rushing attack. Absolutely. You know, a couple of uh, key guys that you just rattled off there, Josh, for the Shippensburg offense. I want to go back to their quarterback, Sam Stoner. Yes, he's a freshman, but before coming to Shippensburg, he actually took a preferred walk-on spot to play for the West Virginia Mountaineers, the Division One school in the Big 12, so only a power, I mean, a power five school there down in West Virginia. He decided to go as a preferred walk-on to play for Neil Brown's Mountaineer program, but decided it was best for him to transfer, come down to the Division Two level, and earn a scholarship spot here at the Shippensburg Raiders program. Well, we're going to step aside, get our weather forecast from our station advisor, Monsoon Mike Regs. We'll be back with more pregame coverage here on KUR momentarily. Your KUR game time forecast from Monsoon Mike. Today, October 14th, KU versus Shippensburg. Go Golden Bears. Unfortunately, just about as sloppy of a football day as you can expect. Going to be a mud fest. Rain all afternoon. Game time temperature rate around 49 or 50 degrees. Not going anywhere. 49 or 50 degrees at the end of the game with rain continuing. Enjoy and go Golden Bears. Chris. Can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. 
I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet it'll look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. ¿Dónde estás? Ya están todos aquí. Gaby está por lanzar el ramo, ¿no viene? <coughs> no, amiga. No puedo ir <coughs> por la influenza. ¿Y esa de dónde salió? <coughs> no te hagas la chistosa. Pero, mi hija, te dije, te tardaste en ponerte la vacuna contra la influenza. <coughs> es que no puedo creer que te pierdas la boda. No te pierdas de disfrutar con los tuyos. La vacuna contra la influenza te protege a ti, a tus seres queridos y a tu comunidad. La vacuna es segura, eficaz y puedes ponértela al mismo tiempo que la vacuna del COVID-19 si tú quieres. No te conviertas en otro caso de la influenza. Vacúnate hoy. Para más información, visita www.vacunatecontralainfluenza.org. Presentado por AMA, CDC y Alad Council. Hi, I'm Brett Michaels for the American Diabetes Association. Diabetes is a constant battle. Testing, treating, fighting to live a normal life. I know, I've had diabetes since I was six years old. A lot of people don't think it's deadly, but diabetes kills more Americans each year than breast cancer and AIDS combined. It's been called a silent epidemic, and without your help, it will keep getting worse. Please join me in the movement to stop diabetes. Share your passion and your story. Get involved in local events like the Tour de Cure or the Step Out Walk. Learn how you can better manage this disease or reduce your odds of developing it. And give what you can to help us spread the word and fund programs like the Diabetes Camps for Kids and research to find a cure. Join the movement at StopDiabetes.com. Help us fight a deadly disease that shortens and burdens the lives of millions of Americans. Together, we can stop diabetes. The bench at the corner bus stop. That little settee by the beauty parlor. When your lungs can't get much air, you don't have the energy to walk far. So all over town, from the grocery store to the bank lobby, you've mapped out places where you can stop and catch your breath. Who wants to live like that? If you have a chronic cough, wheezing, or often feel short of breath, see your doctor and find out if it's COPD. With a simple breathing test called spirometry, your doctor can tell you for sure. The sooner you know, the sooner you can start breathing better and living more. Wouldn't it be wonderful to spend more time doing the things you love and less time looking for a bench, settee, or chair? Learn more, breathe better at copd.nhlbi.nih.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to Golden Bear Football Coverage all season long, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Live from Andre Reed Stadium, back here for a pregame coverage here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown, 1670 AM, your home for all things Golden Bears football. 
Josh, Kutztown comes in at 4-2 on the year, 3-0 in PSAC Eastern Division play with that big win last week against the Bloomsburg Huskies on the road, 24-3. We already highlighted how the defense looked good in that game. Jaden Stewart with a career day on the ground. We already took a look at Shippensburg and a snapshot of what they've looked like so far this year in the pregame. But now let's turn it over to the Golden Bears and take a little bit of a deeper dive into what they are looking like coming into today's game. I want to start by looking at the defense. You always love saying defense wins championships. It's your favorite side of the ball. And for KU, they boast a very stout defense, allowing just 18 points per game. That's good for first in the conference. And their 14 total touchdowns allowed is also good for first in the conference. Josh, give us your thoughts on what this Golden Bears defense possesses. Well, number one, I think that every week defense comes ready to play, producing solid, solid games only giving up 18 points per game that is impressive to say the least the the reason that is so high is because of their first two games 31 to 20 finishes against assumption and calu those are where there are two losses but they rebound quickly we talked about that time in and time out their next game after that marissa Harris 47 to 14 Shepard 20 to 3, East Transfer 34 27 and Bloomsburg 24 3 we were on the call for a couple of those games but one thing we did notice is just their secondary looks solid to say the least. You're going to talk about their defensive line and the and the great things that they're producing, right? But what I, I've been loving this season is just how the secondary has been performing, right? And we talked about Oyami Odoga. We talked about Tyler Ware time in and time out. The reads that they're getting off the ball are impressive to say the least, right? We, we saw that a lot last week against Bloomsburg with... Caleb Monaco and the great works they did against stopping him. But now you got to step it up even further, right? You need to show off for your home crowd. And it's going to be interesting to see if the reads that Tyler Wary and Oyami Odoga have been getting can continue against the game against Shippensburg tonight. Absolutely. Those have been two key players for the Golden Bears defense. I want to highlight two more. Nigel Wilson up front on the defensive line comes in with 22 total tackles on the year. Five and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks along with three quarterback hurries. Knows how to get in the backfield wreaking havoc uh, and making opposing quarterbacks feel the heat and ultimately getting some sacks and bringing them to the ground. Yeah, Nigel Wilson, excuse me, has been impressive to say the least. He is making his presence known in the backfield. Quarterbacks know who he is and make sure ha and have to look out for him. He's something. He's, a, he's one of the key pieces that have been a returner for the Golden Bears defense. We talked about how the returner presence is going to need to be big for the Golden Bears this season, and he has been stepping up big time. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, Jack, how the presence, how the leadership presence can step up even further, right? We're inching closer and closer to the November mark. And November means playoff football, right? And it's going to be interesting to see how the leadership presence can carry them, hopefully, to a, a good playoff run. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the experience up front. I already mentioned Nigel Wilson. His counterpart on the other side is another edge rusher, Gabe Gibley, a redshirt senior. You mentioned Wary, graduate student. And another guy I want to talk about is a senior linebacker, Cam Wolf. 28 total tackles on the year, three tackles for loss, two sacks. He's another guy. He can do a variety of different things. He can drop back in coverage. He can get after the passer. This linebacker room for Kutztown is so versatile in their ability to do a variety of different things and just be so productive and dependable uh, for this Golden Bears team. It, it is truly incredible to see how much veteran presence, leadership, and how stout they are week in and week out. And the fact that these players, you mentioned Tyler Ware, you talked about 
we t- I talked about Adoga. You talked about Wolf. They've been playing together now for two, three years. They've they know tendencies. They've been working together for years now. So they they know exactly what needs to get done. They know the tendencies between each of the players. So it's going to be interesting to see how their relationships can build. Right? They've been playing together for for years. Just mentioned that. So it's going to be interesting to see Jack how they can keep it up. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take this time for the first time today to send it down to our sideline reporter, Mitchell Smedley. Mitch, how are we doing, buddy? Thank you, Jack. Great to be with you guys yet again. For the second straight week, we got the uh, the rain jacket out because there is some rain in the forecast, courtesy of Monsoon Mike. We appreciate that weather forecast. Currently, though, the rain has stopped. It, it was slowing, and then it stopped uh, just about 10 minutes ago, so currently not raining, but that field is going to be a little wet. There's no sunshine that we're expecting like we had in Bloomsburg last week to kind of dry that out. Um, looks to be cloudy with some showers moving in and out throughout the game. Temperatures, like you said, just below 50 degrees. They feel like 45. Actually feels a little warmer to me, though, if you ask my personal opinion. But that is your game time temperature. And finally, a more sparse crowd here at Andre Reed Stadium. The weather keeping a lot of these Golden Bear fans indoors this weekend. But a good showing still, even with the weather. Ready to watch the Golden Bears hopefully get yet another win. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. Here in Freer for the first time today down on the sidelines. You mentioned it's a great point. We talked about the weather conditions, how it's affecting, you know, the crowd show out and how it's going to affect, you know, the play on the field. Here this afternoon, Josh, you mentioned this KU Stout defense uh, and a lot of things on the Shippensburg side with how their inability to run the football. And we'll see how that factors into today's game again with the weather conditions. Being able to run the football when it's more on the rainier side is a huge part of the game. Um, and with their, their trends so far, doesn't look like that's going to be, you know, that's more of an advantage, I should say, for Kutztown uh, comparatively to Shippensburg. But we're talking about this defense, though. I mean, I mean, I mentioned this rush defense, but some statistics to back it up. 85 rush yards allowed per game for KU. That is second in the PSAC, and they only allow 2.9 yards per carry. It truly is incredible how stout uh, this run defense is, Josh. It's impressive to say the least, and it's not just one player. It's not just two. It's about five or six. Daryl Davis-McKeel, we haven't seen him in the last two games. Interested to see what's going on with that. Hopefully we can see a little bit of him today. But James Stewart, uh, Stephen Burkhart, there's a, there's a couple of key players that I just rattled off, Jack. And, and like you mentioned, it's, it's such a diverse attack. But what I want to see more of today is, I, I know I probably won't, is the passing attack, right? That was a struggle, I thought, for Kutztown last week. But ultimately, it's going to be interesting to see how the passing attack can get stronger each and every week, right? So, And it's going to be interesting to see, Jack, because one thing we did notice in warm-ups, Donnie Blaine has been taking a lot of the snaps. Whereas, for most of the season, we've seen Judd Novak taking the snaps. So it's going to be interesting to see who is going to be at that starting quarterback role. Will it be Donnie Blaine with... The leadership experience, or will it be Judd Novak? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Donnie Blaine. Uh, we, you know, obviously warming up, taking some reps as he is the true backup. But it looked like he was taking uh, some possible first team reps here uh, throughout the warm up time. Last time we saw Donnie Blaine was in the season opener at Assumption in that thirty-one to twenty loss, where he threw for two hundred eighty-two yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. So we'll see what the quarterback situation looks like here today for Kutztown as the Golden Bears get set to take the field from Andre Reed Stadium. We're going to take this time to step aside with the Golden Bears taking the field and getting ready uh, for Kuma to play the national anthem. We'll be back momentarily here on KUR.
Scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful. I help my mom and dad. I help my teacher put all her mail away. Friendly, courteous, and kind. Be good to other people. Obedient, cheerful, thrifty. When I go to a scout overnight, I'm cheerful. Brave, clean, and reverent. To be brave is to stand up for what you believe in. To not be kind of out of it when there's a bear, like, next to you or something. Adventures to remember. Words to live by. Be a scout. Go to scouting.org today. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. This is from CTIA, America's Wireless Companies, and the National Safety Council. I had a sore in my mouth that just wouldn't go away. And after a couple of weeks, I went to my doctor. A sore, lump, or thick patch in your mouth or throat could be a symptom of oral cancer. My doctor told me I was smart to come in. He said that oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. It turns out I did have oral cancer, but it was caught early and my treatment was successful. And I got it checked. That probably saved my life. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Visit a doctor or dentist if you see changes in your mouth that don't go away after two weeks. It's important to get an oral cancer exam, because if you do have cancer, the earlier it's caught, the better. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Scouting is fun. Scouting is adventurous. I shot a bow and arrow. Me and my friends, we just like planes. Camping! I like derby. Camping and fishing. My favorite part was the meteor shower. Scouting is fun. I promise to do my best. Do your best. Do your best. Do your best! <laughs> Adventures to remember. Words to live by. Be a scout. Go to scouting.org today. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. Okay, here goes. I know more about cooking dinner for a party of 12 than I do about packing a lunch for a 12-year-old. I know kids like things like PB&J, pigs in a blanket. Oh, and fish sticks. They do love fish sticks. Filets I get, but sticks? What part of the fish does the stick come from? I know I can read a cookbook that'll tell me how to make a red wine reduction... But where are the cookbooks that can teach me how to cut the crusts off bologna sandwiches? Oh, maybe we can compromise on mac and cheese. Can you make that with brie? Everybody likes brie, right? You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. 
There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to push your food around their plate. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUsKids, and the Ad Council. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have held the same mirror for 13 years. I have been decorated with purple dinosaurs, baseball teams, and football helmets. I have witnessed 33 Thanksgiving dinners and one wedding proposal. I have tiny notches marking the growth of three children. I have caused a learning disability. I am the reason that a fifth grader simply can't sit still. I am responsible for a five-year-old's rage. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over one million children. If your home was built before 1978, your family could be at risk. Let's make all kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LED. I am the reason a child has trouble hearing. If your walls could talk, what would they say? Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Golden Bear Football Coverage all season long, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Back here at Andre Reed Stadium, we are moments away from kickoff. The captains go out to midfield for the coin toss. But Josh, it's now time for our keys to the game. Um, and, and I have three distinct, one here's, three distinct ones here today. For me, it's established the run. Uh, whether that be Jane Stewart, Jordan Davis, or really anyone in that running back room for KU, I think it's important to establish the ground game early. I think controlling third down is going to be huge in this one. Shippensburg is worse in the conference in third down conversion percentage on offense, but they are great at third down defense. They are tops in the conference of getting their opponents off the field on third down. And then for KU, something that played them a week ago, limit the penalties. Had eight penalties last week at Bloomsburg. They're still one of the best teams in the country. Top 15 in total penalties. But for me, they got to limit the penalties here today against Chippensburg. Yeah, I like limiting the penalties. That was something that they really didn't do in that Bloomsburg game. It really did cost them a couple of key times. So, to, to mention that once again, uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Jed Novak or Donnie Blaine, whoever is starting, needs to get in a rhythm early, right? So, something, it did take him a couple of drives to get in that rhythm early. I would like to see him get in that rhythm the first drive, get off to a strong start. That leads me to my second point. Defense needs to needs to get off to a strong start, right? So, Caleb Monaco did run it down the field a couple of times, and eventually they did get that stop, right? But they need to force a couple more three and outs, right? I, I want to see Kutzan get it, getting off the field early, whereas letting last week, like we saw Caleb Monaco right, run right down the field, only giving up three points, I did like that, but something I did notice. Um, but, Jack, I think that is it. I think those are my keys to the game, um, and... We're only a couple minutes away from kickoff here. Yeah, just moments away from kickoff here from Andre Reed Stadium on this Saturday afternoon in the middle of October. So glad you were choosing to spend your Saturday afternoon with us here on KUR 1670 AM, your home for all things Golden Bears football. The Golden Bears will set to kick it away first, uh, kick it off, so Shippensburg getting set to receive first here today. Raiders come in with a 1-5 record on the year. KU is 4-2. They are undefeated in Eastern Division play at 3-0. And Shippensburg is 1-2. and 
For Shippensburg, though, they are looking to get off the schneid against the Golden Bears. Last win against Kutztown came back in 2017 here at Andre Reed Stadium, winning that game by a score of 27-13. to It's going to be interesting to see, Jack. So defense is going to start off early. So one of the keys that I mentioned is just defense needs to get out to that strong start. And we're going to look at them early, Josh. Absolutely. I would prefer I, – I think I, I – think I, I, hopefully I'm not the only one saying this, but I would prefer that defense for Kutztown stay in control and then turn it over to the offensive side of the ball and hopefully you stay on the offensive side of the ball the entire game. I always like getting the ball to start the second half too, Josh. Millard boots it away and we are underway from Andre Reid Stadium. Going to sail – through the back of the end zone for a touchback, and the Raiders will start it off at their own 25-yard line here this afternoon. And I don't know if we mentioned this, Jack. Not too many fans in attendance today. The weather keeping the Golden Bears faithful away. Hopefully you are tuning in on TV or hopefully listening to us here on, on radio. And Mitch did mention that in his uh, opening message down on the sideline. Good work as always from Mitchell Smedley down at field level. So the Raiders will take the field. Bunch formation to the left. One wide receiver to the right, and it's Hess in the backfield. First play bouncing to the outside. Hess out across the 25 to the 29 as he took that to the outside. So Adoga pushes him. Out of bounds there. So say he got to the 28, pick up of three. And Sam Stoner, the freshman quarterback, here leading this Raiders offense. Second down and seven. Has to his right, back up on the ground, up the middle, nowhere to go. That's Earl Voles, the first there to meet Hess up the middle. No gain on the play. Sets up an early third down in seven. And again, we mentioned one of my keys of the game is controlling third down. This Raiders offense, the worst in the conference at converting on third down, only getting it on 27, around right around 28% of their third down attempts, they convert. So one of the things you mentioned too, Jack, is the great works the defensive line is doing. Earl Vols, one of those leaders on the line. Great job breaking through the offensive line. Third and seven. Stoner looking to throw down the field. Incomplete. And a quick three and out here for this Raider offense. Josh, you mentioned it. Want to see more three and outs today? KU's defense steps up on the first possession of the game. And that's something you like to see, right? Turn it over to the offense quickly. So one of the things I noticed, right, you're consistently rushing four. But one of the things that I mentioned, too, is the secondary and the, the reads that they're getting are so important. So we're seeing Tyler Ware crashing through the middle of the line. But also, too, he can read that pass attack, and he'll drop back easily. Booted away, Lloyd back to return. It's going to take a Raiders bounce and go out of bounds. Down at the 29-yard line, and that's where this Golden Bears offense will start the day, headlined by redshirt freshman quarterback Judd Novak. Josh, he had some uh, questions about maybe Donnie Blaine seeing some time today, but that was towards the end of warm-ups. I wasn't fully sure that, you know, but Novak is the leader of this offense. I mean, I, I didn't think there's any way, shape, or form. I mean, we saw him out there. There's there's no reason for him to be benched, of course, unless there was an injury to transpire. 
And, of course, you never want to see those type of things happen. But Absolutely. This is Judd Novak's offense. Of course, Blaine has that experience being a graduate student, was the starting quarterback a year ago. But, again, it's a new year. This is Novak's team. First play, fakes the handoff to Davis, rolls out right. Fires it to Ravenel, incomplete. Fired it a little behind him, sets up second down and 10. And at that point, if you're going to miss, you need to miss in front of him, Bray. So you're leaving it off to his left side. And there were a couple of, def couple of Shippensburg defenders right in the area, Jack. So one thing I want to mention, too, is if you're going to miss, you got to miss in front or out of bounds. If you leave the ball up like that, that leaves a lot of questions that ultimately could be turned over to Shippensburg. And that's something you want to see a quick correction from Judd. Second down and 10 from the 29-yard line. Davis in the backfield of Novak's right. Three wide receivers on the field. Ravenel and Gibson to the right. Quickly flung out for Ravenel, but too far for the intended target. And now it's a long third down and 10 against the conference's best third down defense. Not an ideal situation for this Golden Bears offense early on. Absolutely not. And you mentioned it, the best third down defense here in the conference. And you, you, you don't want to take it to a third down early, right? So it's going to be important to see you have Davis in the backfield. You have a stack formation on both your left and your right. So whatever you need to do, you need to get 10. Third down and 10. Novak drops back, slings it out for Hasty. It was a low throw, so you couldn't catch and run with it. That'll get him out to the 34 pickup of four. So KU's defense got the Raiders to go three and out on their opening drive and the Raiders defense responds by getting a three and out of their own and Nate Millard and the punt team trots out onto the field here for Kutztown. We talked about Jack early on how the weather conditions might play a factor here into the pass game and it is early on. Millard punts it away stepping up and feeling it at the 25. Trying to bounce it, he'll get out to the 29 and be wrapped up out of bounds there. Was the return man Red Douglas? We talked about how Red Douglas was one of those leaders too on the offensive side in the passing attack. He was the number one receiver for the Raiders. So it's going to be interesting to see, Jack, how he steps up for Raiders offense. You go three and out to start the game. Not ideal. So I'm interested to see how he responds here. It's not how you how he starts, how you finish it. It's more importantly how you respond. Stoner in the gun. Three wide receivers on the field. Fakes the handoff to Hess. Throws it out to the right. A little high. Incomplete. Dangerous pass from Stoner. Floated over his intended target there. Jamin Bryant, the redshirt freshman out of Somerville, New Jersey. And Justin Harris with a diving attempt trying to pick that off, but it just hit the ground before he could get his hands under it. Again, you saw a couple of Aaron throws on that first drive from Judd Novak. Stoner with one too high for his intended target there, and you have to think maybe you know the wet conditions affecting the quarterback's grip on the football. And not to mention, he's a, he's a true freshman, so that... Second and ten. Dumps it underneath to his tight end, out across the 30, dives down to the 33-yard line. Justin Harris on the stop. And that goes back to my earlier point, Jack, how the 
Secondary needs to get those reads early, and you, you see it. Justin Harris and Cam will fly into the ball quickly. So it's interesting to see, Jack, they'll either rush through the middle or they'll stay home. And on those play pass option plays, it's going to be interesting to see, Jack, can they get those reads or ultimately are they going to miss them? On that catch was number 15, the tight end Gavin Pritchard, the Notre Dame of Ohio transfer. Big target here for Stoner at 6-6 is Pritchard. Over the middle, incomplete. Justin Harris on the coverage there. Defended again and was looking for Jamin Bryant. So back-to-back -back drives resulting in a three and out for this Raiders offense here early this afternoon. And I'm not going to reiterate my point, Jack, but... It's, it's important for the secondary to get those reads. Like I said, so Justin Harris coming up big time on those plays. And it's going to be interesting to see. Can he continue to be this leader for the Golden Bears defense? Low snap. Dug out. Nearly blocked. It was a short pump, but it's going to take a Raider bounce. All the way back to the 40 of KU, and that could have been way worse there for the Raiders. Just a low snap, great job to dig it out and just get it away there was the punter Jackson Moontross. And last week we saw a blocked punt, but it's going to be interesting to see, Jack. Can the defense and special teams for the Golden Bears have a stellar day like they did last week on the road at Bloomsburg? So far, so good on the defensive end for KU. But now offensively, we'll see if they can get the ball moving here with some favorable field position to start. First down and 10, handoff up the middle. Davis out across the 45, plunges his way forward down to the 47. That's a good seven-yard carry there on first down. It's going to be interesting to see, Jack. We've seen great... Great works by the offensive line, right? So their blocking assignments all season have been tremendous, right? They've been staying on their blocks, getting the reads correctly from the defense. So one thing I liked from that run is not only the works that Jordan Davis did, but second down and three. Up the middle, Davis going to be bottled up. Gets just a yard, so it's going to set up a third down and short for KU. Again, if you're getting to third down, it's going to be a favorable spot. You know, here with this third down and two, got to be confident in your guys up front to get the job done. Sluggish start for both of these offenses here today. And at this point, you only need two yards. So I want to see how Jordan Davis can fight for these two yards. We've seen him all season long, how he was a big leader on the offense. Third down and two. They're going to give it to Davis. Out across midfield, going to be good for a first down. Fights his way to the Raiders' 48-yard line. Pickup of four, and good for a new set of downs for this Golden Bears offense. Going to mention how huge it's going to be to establish the run early. They went three pass plays on their opening drive. And now they've given it off to Davis three times here on their second drive. So a complete switch up of approach here on these first two drives here for the Golden Bears offense. 
We talked about how he was one of those big leaders. We also talked about how they need the senior presence to step up big time, and he's one of them, and he's stepping up. Ravenel, the motion man, fakes the run. Novak going to just dump it underneath to his running back. Davis inside the 40, gets shoved out of bounds at the 35-yard line of the Raiders. That's going to be good for a first down, a pickup of 13 there. Great job by Novak to realize that he was looking downfield, nothing was open. Just check it down to your running back in the flat. And one thing I liked about that play, too, is he could realize that the pocket was collapsing specifically on his left side. And we talked about how his reads are really impressive, and that's another example of why. But one thing I want to see differently is the left tackles need to start holding their blocks, right? That could end really badly because that is your blind side. You need to hold your block. Novak looking to throw back underneath the Davis. Going to get bottled up. And was lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage. We'll see where they spot him. So it is no game. Was able to get back to the line of scrimmage. Now second down and 10. So the last two plays, something I've noticed is the offensive line is just letting Shippensburg's defensive line control control that side of the game. So it's going to be important that the offensive line for Kutztown continues to needs to control that side of the game, right, for, for Judd to ultimately do what he does best. Stewart in the backfield for the first time today. Fakes the handoff. Novak in a tuck and run. Inside the 30 to the 25, and he'll dive forward down to the 21-yard line. A nice run of 14 for Novak on the quarterback scramble, and that's another Golden Bears first down. Great read from Novak there, Josh. You're always praising how good he is at reading the field and reading the situation. Knew nothing was opening up right away, so just tucking and run and really did a good job to make a man miss right around the 30-yard line so he could get those extra yards. And you mentioned it, Jack. His his reads are impressive, right? And and something I, I like is he reads the defense of Shippensburg so nicely. It's almost like... He, he's seen this team on film so many times, and I know he has. It's First down and 10 outside the red zone. Bootleg. Novak evades a sack. Rolling out right. Just throws it away. Smartly there. Yeah, that was a bootleg to the left. He ran all the way back to the right side of the field. And again, that mobility from Novak to be able to avoid the sack and ultimately throw it away with no loss there. Impressive. Absolutely, Jack. I It's... He read that play so greatly, right? And I want to get back to my earlier point, Jack. It's just the offensive line is needs to step up here big time, right? They're letting Shippensburg's defense control the line, and you really hate to see it. And I want to see how the offensive line responds. I've given them so much praise this season, but right now they need to step up. Novak. Quick out to Ravenel at the 15, slips the tackler inside the 10, still fighting his way forward and is finally knocked out of bounds at the seven yard line. So Isaiah Gilmore there had his helmet pop off. He has to leave the field of play for one play so he can get his helmet back on by rule. That's a pickup of 14 there for Ravenel. Sets up first and goal at the 7 for the Golden Bears. And Josh Ravenel is so elusive. Just quick, check it down on a hitch route. Makes a couple guys miss with a shake and bake and gets inside the 10. 
And we talked about how the weather conditions might play a factor. Jed Novak is not letting that be a factor in his pass game today. Novak taking a shot to the end zone. Back left corner, incomplete. Great coverage there from Brandon Holt, the senior from Blue, Bloomfield, New Jersey, and the pace transfer. They are on the coverage as Makai Gibson was the intended target there on that play. Now with the rain picking up, Jack, even more. We talked about how it's going to be raining all day. It's starting to pick up all even heavier now at this point. It's going to be interesting to see, can the pass attack keep up with the weather conditions, or are you going to have to rely solely on the ground, which Kutztown can do. Handoff for Stewart. Slips his way down to the five-yard line for a pickup of two. Sets up third down and goal. Pardon me, they're going to rule him down at the four-yard line, so make it a pickup of three. So number 95 on the Raider defense, that's Tyler Mazdia. Sub out for a play with his helmet popping off. Now this is one of the biggest tests, I think, so far for the Golden Bears offense. Right, can they score? You're at you're at your own four-yard line. You, you need four somehow, anyway, whatever it takes at this point. Is this four-down territory this early in the game for KU is also a big question here. Give it off to Stewart. Fights up the middle. He's going to be stopped short. He'll get two yards down to the two-yard line, and Jim Clements faced with an early decision in this one for the Golden Bears with 6-10 to go in the first quarter and counting. And they're going to leave the offense out there. And I agree with it. So, at this point, you only need two yards. It can't be that tough to get two at this point. But it's going to be interesting to see, Jack. Can the Shippensburg Raiders defense bend and not break? And they're tested early. And I I, I kind of like it. I, I like taking the gamble. I think you have Jordan Davis in the backfield, one of your toughest runners. So fourth and goal from the two. KU six for eleven on fourth down attempts this year. That's fifty-four percent. Novak rolls out to the left, fires back corner of the end zone, airmailed it out of the end zone, incomplete. A turnover on downs, and KU comes up empty after an impressive drive to get all the way down inside the five. They go for it on fourth down, and they turn it over on downs. With that being said, we're going to get a word from Mitchell Smedley for the first time today in game action down on the sideline. Mitch, what do you got for us, buddy? Thank you, Jack. Well, with that early break in the rain, we saw both teams try and take advantage by passing the football. Wasn't working out too well. Like I said, the, the field and therefore the ball being placed on the field before each snap, it's going to get pretty moist. So the passing attack didn't work. You saw a few three and outs in a row, and then Kutztown's long drive stalling as the rain picked back up, like Josh mentioned. That third down play call, by the way, Jim Clemens already made his decision up on after second down. You don't run the ball unless you know you're going for it on fourth. That's what they did. Came up short. Thank you, Mitch. First down carry there for the Raiders. Minimal gain. Backed up deep in their own territory. So pickup of just a yard there on that first down play. I thought that was easily a generous spot. Almost... The almost 
backed up in your own end zone. Now just Kutstens' defense needs to make a stop. Stoner takes the snap, hands it off up the gut. Hess fights his way to the six-yard line. Pickup of three. Going to set up a third down and six. Shippensburg still not in a situation where they wouldn't be punting from their own end zone. It's been tough sledding for this Raiders offense on their first three drives. Third and six from their own six. Stoner in the gun, three wide receivers, two to his left, one to his right. Rolls out to the left, fires underneath, that's gonna be caught, and not a big gain at all. Didn't get anything there, was Hess the running back. In fact, I think he was lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage. So they will say he gets back to the six, but another three and out for this Raiders offense and the punt team back out onto the field. And Jack, one of my keys to the game is Kutztown's defense needs to force three and outs more often, and that's three in a row right there, and it's important to see how long they can keep this up. But now you're in an even tougher predicament. Back of your own end zone is now it's Tanner Luther on to punt, the Chambersburg, Pennsylvania native, and the Eastern Michigan transfer. So Shippensburg is going to take their first time out of the half with 3.24 to go in quarter number one in this scoreless contest. We'll send it right back down to Mitchell Smedley for another word from the sideline. Thank you, Jack. Getting ready for this punt. Down here at field level, you guys talked about how Clipstown almost got to that first punt of Shippensburg. And from on field level, it looked like they may have gotten a finger or a hand on it. You could hear quite distinctly the, the boom of the foot and then another noise typically reminiscent of someone touching the football on the way. You said it was a short, bad punt. Might be the reason why. It might have been tipped at the line. We'll see if they can get home on this one. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. We'll see how this punt goes from the back of their own end zone. Kind of pre precarious situation for the Raiders here early. Not a lot of offensive success at all. In fact, all three drives have gone three and out. And can't afford a bad snap like they had on their last punt. At this point, you're rushing 10. Antoine Lloyd standing at the Raider 39-yard line. Luther gets it away. High punt. Going to bounce short. Going to keep rolling. But great starting field position as Kutztown will start at the Raiders' 42-yard line for their third drive of the day. Trying to cash in for what was a disappointing end to their last drive. Went all the way down the field. Started at their own 40. Got down to the 2. Elected to roll the dice and go for it on 4th down. But looking for Curtis Ravenel in the back left corner of the end zone. Novak Air mailed it, and it was a turnover on downs. But again, that's the risk you take. You're that far down the field. You know, there's an argument to be had to say, you know, settle for the points and get the lead early in the game. But Jim Clements confident in his redshirt freshman quarterback in his offense. Again, there's always two sides to every story and two sides to every debate there on whether you want to do. Novak takes a snap, hands it off. Davis spins out of a tackle. Great maneuverability there from Jordan Davis. Evaded two Raiders defenders to get positive yardage there. Reversed the field and then spun out of the way of a defender to get two yards down to the 40. 
And it's a two-yard pickup and an incredible run. Absolutely. It doesn't seem like much, but I would consider that a win any day of the week. That is impressive, to say the least, Jack. You could see it. They're crashing on your left side, right? So, And the run was to that left side, so a great jump, just a quick reversal. Cut it back through the middle because everyone's crashing on your left, and you could see the, the middle... Plus, your right side was completely wide open. Second down and eight, right back to Davis. Nowhere to go. In fact, ran into one of his own linemen and lost a yard. So it's going to set up third down and nine from the 41. The rushing game not as efficient here on this third drive as it was their last drive. On the first two plays. So sets up a third down and long. Again, we're going to be mentioning it all day long. This is not the spot you want to be in against any defense, but especially this Raiders defense as they're the best third down defense in the conference and their top 15 nationally in that regard. Third and nine from the Raiders 41 yard line. Four wide receivers on the field. Under 10 on the play clock. And actually be Husser the tight end lined up out wide to the left. Along with Ravenel. Gibson in the slot. Novak looking to throw for Husser. Intercepted. Picked off across the 35 and dives out to the 38-yard line. That was intercepted there by Javon M. Cruz, the junior linebacker from Rahway, New Jersey. Just a bad play there by, by Novak. Just stared down Husser. Again, as a quarterback, you got to use your eyes to look defenders off your targets. Didn't do that there. Just stared down Husser over the middle of the field. Cruz read it beautifully and picked it off. Yeah, that shows the inexperienced Jack. I think of Judd Novak only a redshirt freshman and just the first pick of the game for Fifth interception of the year thrown by Novak here in the late minutes of this opening quarter so that'll be interception number seven for the Golden Bears on the season Stoner takes a snap fakes the run rolls out left he is going to be sacked great pursuit there by Jalen DeVos the senior from Lansdale, Pennsylvania, getting in the backfield and bringing Stoner down. Again, another one of these experienced linebackers with a big defensive play there on first down. Loss of 10 on the sack sets up second down and 20 here for the Raiders well behind the chains. Under a minute to go in the opening quarter. Stoner takes a snap. Wide receiver screen, Antoine Lloyd got up, batted it down. Great read there by Lloyd, and it sets up a third down and long for this Raiders offense. This defense has come to play today here, Josh. Yeah, absolutely, and those are two quick plays. Two quick plays, Jack, that... Uh, so you start off with the second, another great read by Antoine Lloyd, right? We talked about how the secondaries are need to get are going to have to get their reads down early, and those are two great points right there. Antoine Lloyd with the deflection right there. I think it's such a luxury for KU is the players that they're able to rotate in and out. You know, it doesn't look like this defense takes a step down at all, even when their rotational pieces come in. Stoner over the middle of the field, incomplete. Was looking for Jamin Bryant over the middle. Couldn't find him down at the 45-yard line. And another three and out here for this Raiders offense. Four drives, four punts. And I would love to see once once the end of the quarter hits, how many positive yards, the net yardage for Shippensburg is. 
I would love to know at this point, did they even get enough yards to even get a first down combined in their four drives? I don't think so. Have not gotten a first down yet, Josh. Luther boots it away. High punt. Loy going to call for a fair catch at his own 39-yard line. And that's where KU will take over for their fourth drive of the opening quarter. Let's send it down to Mitchell Smedley for one final time in quarter number one. Well, Josh, you always say you like defense. How do you like that first quarter? We got three and out. Sacks, picks, goal line stands, anything you want. Defenses came up with it in that first quarter. Field conditions obviously playing a factor so far. No one can really seem to get that traction, especially in the passing game. Uh, just seems to be hard to come by. All special team snaps, all the more important with the wet conditions, trying to get holds and snaps off uh, with long snappers. All proving difficult here in the early going. Kutztown looking to get some offense going. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. First down and 10 from the 40. Quarterback draw up the middle. Fights off a tackle down to the 43-yard line. For both of these offense, the yardage has been tough to come by. And everything you know, that these teams have gotten offensively has been hard fought to get. Nothing coming easy here so far this afternoon. Again, you have to think the weather conditions are playing a factor in that area as both of these offenses are looking to find their footing and get some rhythm here as the seconds count down here to end quarter number one. And we've reached the end of the first quarter in a scoreless showdown between the Shippensburg Raiders and the, and the Kutztown Golden Bears. Second down and seven from their own 43 for KU when we come back for quarter number two here on KUR. This is Officer Reese from Reading Police Department. If you have your wipers on due to inclement weather, you must turn on your headlights. If you don't follow this law, you could be fine. So remember, wipers on, headlights on. It's the law. To learn more about traffic safety, visit JustDrivePA.com. Brought to you by PennDOT and this station. More than 100 million animals are illegally killed each year. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. But it's just one of the risks animals face. Pervasive and unprecedented destruction of their habitat threatens their very existence as development encroaches on our nation's remaining open spaces. The best way to protect wildlife is to protect the land on which they live. When we make their land safe and protect it from development, we help keep animals from extinction and defend fragile ecosystems. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust works with private landowners to protect wildlife by preserving natural habitats and establishing permanent sanctuaries. Curbing habitat loss is a daunting task, but one that must be undertaken to ensure that wildlife have the wild places they need to survive and thrive in perpetuity. To learn more, call 1-800-729-SAVE, that's 1-800-729-SAVE, or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Back at Andre Reed Stadium, quarter number two in this scoreless showdown between Shippensburg and Kutztown. Second down and seven from their own 43. It was a three-yard quarterback draw for Judd Novak on the final play of that opening quarter. KU had a chance to get some points on the board there on their second drive. Had fourth and goal from the two-yard line. Elected to go for it. Turnover on downs at the pass coming out of the back of the end zone. Looking for Curtis Ravenel in the back left corner. Just couldn't get it to him. Second down and seven. They're going to go on the ground to Jaden Stewart. Out across the 45, fighting his way towards midfield. He'll be wrapped up at the 49-yard line. That's a pickup of six, and it's going to set up a third down and short here for the Golden Bears. 
Uh, but it looks like there is an injured Raider down on the field. As the training staff very alertly, quickly gets out to take a look at him. As it looks like it is Brandon Holt, the injured Raider, but they're going to quickly get him to his feet. He'll get off the field under his own power and get into the sideline. Glad to see that he looks okay. As Always a good sign when you're jogging off the field. Absolutely. Still looks like he's in some discomfort, but again, glad it was, you know, nothing too serious to the point where he can get up and get off the field yes. on his own. Yes. Third down and short as the rain continues to intensify here at Andre Reed Stadium. The umbrellas and the raincoats plentiful here today. From the Kutztown faithful in attendance. Third and one handoff to Stewart. He is going nowhere. Going to lose yardage as that was number 95, Tyler Mazdia, on the tackle, the first to get there. And Nate Millard and the punt team back out onto the field. That stingy third down defense for the Raiders. Paying dividends again for Shippensburg. So Millard out. Out for his. And at this point, it doesn't make sense, Jack. It's just a different offense that we're seeing today. Is it the rainy conditions? Is it just the strong defense from Shippensburg? It just looks like they're struggling today. Millard boots it away. Really good punt. Going to be fielded at the 12-yard line. Out across the 20 to the 25 to the 30. And ultimately out across the 30 before being wrapped up there. Elijah Yabasu there to wrap him up on a really good return for the Raiders. As there's going to be another injured Raider down on the field right around the 31-yard line. And now we're going to send it down to Mitchell Smedley on the sidelines. Mitch, what do you got for us, pal? Well, we will look to get a word from Mitch a little bit later on in the quarter. As the injured Raider has been tended to. And the offense trots back onto the field. Starting from their own 31-yard line. First drive of the second quarter for the Raiders. Hess on the run. It's a pickup of just a yard for Hess on that first down play. Sets up second down and nine from the 33-yard line. We talked about the reads from the secondary. They're just getting better and better by the drive. They're recognizing the tendencies of Shippensburg's offense, and it's good to see Jack. 
Second down and nine. Stoner will just dump it out to Hess, and he couldn't find him. Just fluttered it too far out in front of his receiver, and now it sets up a third down and nine for Shippensburg as both of these offenses are stalling. So now we're down and nine. So now we're looking at a third down and nine, Jack. Every drive was a three and out for Shippensburg. But that speaks to the, the toughness of Kutztown's defense. But at, at some point or another, if you're Shippensburg, you have to be getting frustrated. You're not getting any offense whatsoever. Third and nine. Stoner facing the heat, and he's going down. It was Braden Pullman, the first one there to bring him down for the sack. And another three and out forced by this Golden Bears defense. As Tanner Luther back out onto the field for yet another punt. The busiest man of the day for the Raiders. And a great job by Kyle Butler to just force his way through the offensive line of Shippensburg and just can't get any offense going today for Shippensburg. Luther back to punt. Lloyd, the return man, he'll take it from his own 32 out across the 35 to the 40. 45, and he'll be bumped out of bounds. At midfield, a great return for Antoine Lloyd. And we're going to send it down to Mitch now on the sideline. Sorry, Jack, we experienced some technical difficulties, but we're back now. And so is this Kutztown defense making its present felt. And what they're doing, they're winning the field position battle. I understand that Kutztown's offense has sputtered a lot of the game so far, but they're winning the field position battle, getting good field position pretty much every single time and pinning Shippensburg uh, back a little bit further. But this minimal Andre Reed crowd is making its present felt. They're loud. The folks that are out here, they're the diehards sitting through the rain and the cold. They're here. They came to play, and they're getting loud for this team already. Back up to you guys. First down and 10, they dump it off to Ravenel inside the 45 of the Raiders and it'll be knocked out of bounds at the 42 for a pickup of eight. And at this point, that's a that's a start you need, Rage. So we talked about how they're having struggles getting the offense early on here for the Golden Bears. So at this point, you need to score, right? We played about, I would say, 19 minutes of football now and just no offense from both sides. Just need something. 11 and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. Handoff for Jordan Davis. He will pick up a yard to the 41. Sets up a third down and short. And again, it looked like Kutztown found a little something with their rushing attack on that second drive of the game. But ever since, it's it's sputtered out. And they've been really hard-pressed to find consistent positive yardage on the ground. And Kutztown on the season has been doing well with first downs. Giving up 84, producing 103 through now seven weeks of football. So they're going to say there was no gain on the play, make it a third down and two. No back in the gun. Handed off to Davis. He will be wrapped up short of the line to gain. Great job there by Isaiah Gilmore in pursuit to wrap up Davis. And we'll see if Jim Clemens decides to keep the offense out on the field on the Shippensburg side of the field. Here with the fourth down and two, just trying to do anything you can to get your offense going, and they will not. 
Nate Millard and the punt team back out onto the field once again. Just not a, a Kutztown offense we've seen, Jack, at this point. it's They just can't really get a push up front. You know, yeah. Consistently. You know, they, they show spurts and, and flashes of, you know, being able to control the line of scrimmage and other times that they are getting pushed back. Millard with the punt. Going to bounce and going to go into the end zone for a touchback. Bounce down at the 10 and just had too much spin on it. Stop. Not enough backspin on that punt to keep it from bouncing into the end zone. So the Raiders will start from their own 20-yard line. Here with 9.53 to go in the second quarter. Tough sledding for both of these offenses. Yardage has been hard to come by. Again, I don't want to keep going back to that second drive, but that was, you know, the best drive we've seen of the day for KU. They moved it consistently, got all the way down inside the five, and again, now you have to be thinking in the scoreless game, would it have been better to take the points there with the short field goal and go up 3 nothing? It is a question you have to ponder at this stage of the game. Again, still so much time left to play, but with how points are looking like they're going to be coming at a premium today, any lead in any capacity would be welcomed here for either team. Stoner just going to tuck in and run. Fights his way down to the 23-yard line. Pickup of three, second down and seven. Again, it feels like Stoner, every time he drops back, it's just he's so rushed with his internal clock. He has to progress through his reads lightning quick and then either make a decision to take off or throw it away just because of how much pressure KU was getting on him. Yeah, he can never really get in a rhythm, to say the least. It's just every time he's looking for a read and open man, it's just the defensive line for Quinston is, is just immediately in the backfield. And you got to almost wonder... What you, you need to fix something quickly at this point. It feels like for Shippensburg, a lot of their passes are just underneath. You know, they swing it out to the running back, underneath to the tight end. Flag down. It's going to be a false start on Shippensburg to back them up. So now instead of second and seven, it'll be second and 12. Here from inside their own 20. And with Shippensburg, that's something you'll have to be frustrated with for two reasons. Number one, I thought that was a pretty late false start call. And number two, you had some momentum going, and that probably just killed all the momentum you created. So it's tough. It's tough to say the least. First penalty of the day on either side here. It's been a pretty disciplined game for both teams. Second down and 12, Stoner in the gun. Looking to throw, feeling the heat, and getting sacked again. As this time, it was Justin Harris off the edge with the corner blitz. And a third down and long now for the Raiders at their own 11-yard line. Pardon me, their own 12. And now you're looking at a third down and 18. That's not ideal, to say the least. Not what you want to see. So... I mean, we talked about the how young their quarterback depth is for Shippensburg, right? But now their inexperience might come into play here. Third and 18. Stoner has to step up. He's just going to take off and run out across the 15. He will elect to go out of bounds at the 18-yard line. 
So it's a pickup of six, but still well short of the line to gain. Another punt upcoming for the Raiders with a three and out. Shippensburg has yet to get a first down here, Josh. Through now about 23 minutes of football. Yeah, impressive to say the least, Jack. One of my keys to the game was good sense defense needed to force some big three and outs and... And they've done nothing but four three and outs here today, Josh. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Boy, going to call for a fair catch. He muffed it. Loose. And it looks like he was able to get back on it. Luckily for KU, the Golden Bears will start at midfield again. Still waiting for a signal. Look like the far side referee signals a first down for KU. But now they're going to sort this pile out. So they will signal. Lloyd was able to pounce back on it, but a near scare for KU. Able to keep it with them, and they'll start at midfield, but now we'll send it down to Mitchell Smedley on the sideline real quick. Thank you, Jack. This rain continues to intensify. You're seeing it affect every facet of the game, including that muff right there. Thankfully, Kutztown able to get back on it. But the great Abby Reggs just walked up to me and said, is it getting colder? And I was thinking it. She put it into words. It feels like it's getting much colder as this game goes on. Now it feels down around 40, but we'll send it back up to you guys as we're shivering in our boots down here on the sideline. Thank you, Mitch. See, we're up here in the nice press box where it's, you know, Nice and toasty, but for you down there in the elements with the rain and the cold, first down handoff, it's going to be Steven Burkhardt to the 35-30, to the 25, inside the 20. What a run. They decide to go with a change of pace at running back Steven Burkhardt, the redshirt freshman, gets his first carry of the game and explodes for a huge pickup on the ground. That's going to put KU down inside the red zone. That was a great run by Steven Burkhart. So he noticed everything is crashing to his to the middle towards that far side. So he immediately read that. He did rush it up right through the middle, but then hit it off to his left side, which is something you do like to see. So there on that first down play for Burkhart. That's a pickup of 32 on the ground all the way down to the 18-yard line. Right back to Burkhart. Trucking his way forward inside the 15. He'll be wrapped up. And pushed backwards, they'll spot him at the 14 for a pickup of four. So it feels like they couldn't get anything going consistently with, with Jordan Davis or Jaden Stewart. So they elect to go with Steven Burkhardt. And he's running tough on his first two carries of the game here today. Absolutely. And he is a force to be reckoned with right now. He is he is creating a lot of the offense. So I'm interested to see. We saw a lot of that Jaden Stewart show. Are we going to see a lot of the Steven Burkhardt show today? So two carries for 36 yards for Steven Burkhardt. The most successful of the Golden Bears running backs to get the football again with a limited sample size. Second down and six. Right back to Stewart, but the Raiders are all over that one. He'll lose a couple yards, and now it's going to be third down and six from the 16. And at this point, if if you do get the fourth, if a fourth down does come up, I would say this is probably decent field goal range. You just need some points, something. I mean, three three is going to have to work if you don't convert here. 
considering the fact that Shippensburg hasn't gotten a first down. Three wide receivers on the field, Ravenel, Gibson, and Hasty. And the tight end Tyree Cusser lined out to Novak's left. Design quarterback run, fighting forward. He will be tripped up at the 16. Sorry, it was a loss of three for Burkhardt. He got wrapped up back at the 17. So pickup of just a yard there on the quarterback run for Judd Novak. Going to set up a fourth and eight from the 16. And now Dawson Evans on to attempt the field goal. 33-yard attempt for Evitz. So at this point, you just need any any type of points. You, you need to convert here. You need to get three. Kick is up from Evitz. It is up and through when the Golden Bears have the lead. 3-0 KU. The 33-yarder from Evitz is up and through. And with 4.23 to go in the first half, the Golden Bears up by a field goal. We'll now send it down to Mitchell Smedley on the sideline. Thank you, Jackal. On that first long drive, it was the short pass that's setting up the run. And on that drive, it looked like the run setting up the field goal. They couldn't cash in for seven. They couldn't cash in for seven on their first drive, leaving a lot of points out here. It's Kutztown sideline. They know it's all business still. Came in expecting to put up some points. Hasn't really done so yet. It's an intense mood down here on the sideline between coaches and players. We'll see if they can add on to this first three points as the half winds down. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. So Nate Millard will get set to boot it away. The Golden Bears have the lead in this hard-fought game. I don't think this is a game, Jack, we were really expecting. I, I know me personally, I thought this was going to be a game of a lot of offense for Kutztown, and it just wasn't. It's a defensive matchup, and I, I like it. I like it a lot. And you're always praising the defense. We're going to quickly take a look at some scores around the conference. East Strasburg has a 21-7 lead over Westchester, and Gannon and Slippery Rock tied up at 14. We'll give you scores around the conference as the day goes on. Kickoff taken at the five-yard line there by Red Douglas out across the 20. Far side of the field, 25-30, out across the 35, and he'll be content with just running out of bounds at the 37-yard line. A great return for Shippensburg of 32 yards, and that sets them up, sets themselves up with their best field position of the day. That was the start they were looking for, Jack, and he saw everyone was coming to his right side. Great read from Red Douglas, and it just talks to the, the experience that he possesses, and it's something you need to change, obviously, and... At this point, I mean, you need to correct it. We talked about special teams, how how they how they had a solid week last week, an exceptional. But first down and ten, Hess on the handoff. He will fight his way to the forty-one yard line. Pick up a four, second down and six. I'm sorry, this would match their best starting field position of the day. I forgot the interception thrown by Novak set up the Raiders at their own 38. So it is their second best starting field position of the day. A penalty flag, though, however, is down on the field. It's going to be a false start on the offense. Back them up five yards. 
coach Clements calling for the penalty, but on the other side, the head coach for Shippensburg not agreeing with that call whatsoever. So, and that gets back to my point, Jack. Just every time they want to try to get some momentum, they just can't. And it's it has to be very, very frustrating for Shippensburg at this point. Second down at 11. Thrown over the middle. That's going to be caught out across the 45-yard line. Down to the 46 there on that catch and run was Kareem Bryce. Bethlehem native and the Liberty High School product. And now momentum is swinging in the favor here of Shippensburg. So it's going to be interesting to see Jack. Ken Clitstown hold strong here. Third down and one. Handoff for Hass. He didn't get there. He was stuffed short. Great defense there by KU. Hess had nowhere to run on that third down play. Decision time here for Shippensburg. Fourth down and one from their own 46. 15 and counting on the play clock. Offense going to stay out on the field. 217 to go in the first half. Flag flies. They drew movement. Shippensburg jumped up. And it's going to be an offsides. It's going to be an automatic first down. Whether they're actually going to go for it or not, they got them to jump. And that's going to put Shippensburg at the Kutztown 49-yard line. The first time today the Raiders have gotten into Golden Bears territory late in this first half. And with two minutes left to play here in the first half, you, you need to make a stop. Stoner looking to throw. Rolls out, fires over the middle. It's Bryce to the 45. Bryce going to get wrapped up and thrown down there by Ayami Adoga. At the 41-yard line. That's a pickup of eight on first down for the Raiders. And Bryce has really had a solid drive. That freshman-to-freshman connection from Stoner to Bryce. But there is another injured Raider down on the field. And it looks like it is the quarterback, Stoner, who is down. Yeah, Sam Stoner was hit pretty hard on that play. And now, now the coach is... First Shippensburg looking for a roughing the passer call, but most likely not going to get it. Just a, a tough hit, but never good to see here. And now for Shippensburg, all eyes on their starting quarterback. As we see Evan Falco, the backup, starting to get warmed up and positive sign as Stoner will make his way off the field under his own power. It's always a great sign to see a player being able to walk off the field on his own. Um, and then hopefully Sam Stoner is okay and 
It is nothing serious on the injury front. But for now, we'll see the backup Evan Falco coming on to run this offense. Here for the Raiders. Falco is just seen action in one game this year. Has in fact only thrown one pass attempt for the Raiders. So a rather inexperienced sophomore quarterback. Going to give a handoff to Hess and Nigel Wilson there to wrap him up at the 42-yard line. That's going to be a loss of a yard and setting up now a third down and three here for the Raiders. One twenty and counting. Raiders have two timeouts. Falco steps up. He'll take off. Getting down inside the 40. That's going to be good for a Raider first down. Really good job to step up in the pocket. Evade a sack. Pick up four yards to the 38. And just good enough for a new set of downs for the Raiders. So the Golden Bears are going to call their first time out of the half with 108 to go in half number one. We'll send it down to Mitchell Smedley down on the sideline. So some trouble getting in touch with Mitch. 68 seconds to go until halftime. KU clinging to a field goal lead. With the Raiders on the Golden Bears side of the field. 38 yard line. Big drive for Shippensburg. Just trying to get some points up on the board and going to the half level is a real possibility here. Considering their offense didn't get a first down until this drive. Falco takes a snap, looks to throw, evades a sack, evades another sack, now gonna take off inside the 35 and he will stumble down to the 30 yard line, a pickup of eight there. So the slippery Evan Falco makes two Golden Bears pass rushers miss. Most notably, Braden Pullman, who had a big-time chance to sack him, quickly snaps it. Batted up into the air by the aforementioned Pullman, but it'll fall harmlessly incomplete here with 42 seconds to go before halftime. Could have been a huge defensive play for the Golden Bears as the running back Tanner Hess was the intended target. Great job by Pullman to just get his hands up in the air and bat that pass down. It's going to set up a short third down and two for the Raiders. We mentioned going into the day that this is the conference's worst third down offense. Polar opposites for them. They're the worst third down offense, but the yeah. best third down defense. Big third down late in this second quarter. Third and two from the Golden Bears, 30. Falco going to take it himself. Fights his way forward. They'll spot him. Wilson and Wary combine on the tackle. We'll see where they spot him. They'll mark him at the 29-yard line, so only got a yard 
short of the line to gain here with 23 seconds and counting in the half, and we'll see what the Raiders elect to do. Just letting time run off down to 15 seconds, under 10 on the play clock. Offense going to stay out onto the field. 10 seconds in the half. They got to go here. Yeah, why wouldn't you down call Down to the 7 seconds. Out. You got to call a timeout there. And finally, a timeout will be called with 4 seconds to go in the half. Some questionable time management there from the Raiders. You had two timeouts. And they're probably going to go for the field goal. And you elected to not use one. They will finally call their second timeout of the half. But now you, you're in an ultimatum. You either have to kick the field goal or have to take a shot to the end zone here with 4 seconds. You don't have time for anything else. Some puzzling puzzling time management there from yeah. the Raiders and I'm sure Kutztown's plenty happy with the decision making on the opposing sideline there. Unbelievable. Yeah. You was... have two timeouts at your disposal and you're just letting time churn off the clock there that was... after that four down run. Yeah, I don't was... understand that. That was really odd. I I mean I get you probably want to go for the field goal and if you, you miss it don't leave Kutztown with any time but wouldn't you want to get a little closer? I mean... Makes no sense. I mean, fourth down, when you have the timeouts, you can take your second timeout, make a decision whether you want to go for it now or, or kick the field goal, but now the field goal unit onto the field. So Jackson Montross out onto the field to kick the field goal. Shippensburg trying to even it up going into halftime. 46-yard attempt. Snap good. Hold good. Kick is up. It is no good. The 46-yarder from Montross is wide left, and the Golden Bears will go into the locker room with a 3-0 lead. Plenty to fix at the break for the Golden Bears, but I'm sure they're content going into halftime with the lead, even with it only being a field goal lead. You are ahead at the break, Josh. Yeah, that was that was very that was almost a sigh of relief there. Shippensburg gaining some momentum and then at the break you you do get that stop that you were looking for and ultimately something you do like to see, Jack, but at halftime we got a we got a dogfight on our hands. Yes we do. Offense hard pressed to find consistently on both sides here. We're going to step aside. We'll be back with our halftime report here on KUR. Your score at the break, Kutztown 3, Shippensburg 0. I lost my vision five years ago. They called it macular degeneration. I called it devastating. Thought I'd never read again. But then she discovered Talking Books, a free program through the Library of Congress's National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. Keeping me connected to my world? Now you're talking. This year, the Talking Book and Braille program celebrates 80 years of delivering books and magazines right to the doorsteps of those unable to read the printed word. Whatever you're into, there's so much to choose. Letting me read what all my friends are reading, too. Now you're talking. Any individual unable to read regular print due to blindness, low vision, or physical handicap is eligible for talking books. And it's free. I lost my eyesight back in Vietnam, but talking books have really been there for me. The books I want on my own terms, now you're talking. To learn more about talking books, call the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped at 1-888-NLS-READ or visit www.loc.gov NLS. You may be hearing about people having trouble making mortgage payments and risking losing their homes. Many of them just aren't aware of the options that can prevent foreclosure. 
There are many options available to homeowners, such as repayment and forbearance plans, loan modifications, and even refinancing. Where does someone go for help? They should talk directly with their lender or a qualified HUD-approved counseling agency. Both can provide helpful information without charging a fee. According to PMI Mortgage Insurance Company, it's not a good idea to pay for services that you can get for free from a lender or a qualified nonprofit counseling agency. To learn more, visit homesafepmi.com or call HUD at 1-800-569-4287 for a counseling agency near you. That's 1-800-569-4287. This message is brought to you by PMI, supporting sustainable home ownership that strengthens communities. I had a sore in my mouth that just wouldn't go away. And after a couple of weeks, I went to my doctor. A sore, lump, or thick patch in your mouth or throat could be a symptom of oral cancer. My doctor told me I was smart to come in. He said that oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. It turns out I did have oral cancer, but it was caught early and my treatment was successful. I'm glad I got it checked. That probably saved my life. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Visit a doctor or dentist if you see changes in your mouth that don't go away after two weeks. It's important to get an oral cancer exam. Because if you do have cancer, the earlier it's caught, the better. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Sometimes your pain seems overwhelming. If the prescribed dose of your prescription pain medication doesn't bring relief, check with your doctor. Pain relievers are safe and effective when used correctly. If misused, you could become addicted or experience other problems. Take your prescription as directed, and if you need more information about addictions, call 1-800-662-HELP. Do the right dose. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and this station. Whoever said half the fun is getting there had to be a Cub Scout. Because the only thing more exciting than being awarded a badge is the unforgettable experience that went into earning it. Whether your son goes camping for the first time or catches his first fish or gives Pinewood Derby a shot, he'll be gaining a sense of accomplishment that'll last a lifetime. To learn more about Cub Scouts and all the activities your son can take on, visit BeASCOUT.org. Scouting. Prepared for life. Whoever said half the fun is getting there had to be a Cub Scout. Because the only thing more exciting than being awarded a badge is the once-in-a-lifetime experience that went into earning it. From hitting his first bullseye to toasting his first marshmallow, a Cub Scout can take part in tons of activities that bring the perfect mix of unforgettable fun and essential life lessons. To learn more about how scouting can make a difference in your son's life, visit BeASCOUT.org. Scouting. Prepared for life.
These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's Wireless Companies, and the National Safety Council. To a Boy Scout, it's not about earning a badge. It's about the unforgettable experiences had along the way. It's about taking on the great outdoors and respecting nature. It's about working with friends, learning how to build a robot, and finding self-confidence on the zip line. Because while the badges are awesome, the lessons learned and the friends made are the true rewards. See how once-in-a-lifetime experiences can lead to a lifetime of success at BeAScout.org. Scouting. Prepared for life. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're so annoying! You're so annoying! Stop copying stop me! Stop copying me! Mom, tell her to stop copying me! Mom, tell her to stop talking to me! Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're such a You're doofus! You're such a doofus! How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. Mom! Mom! A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow. Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Playoffs! Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Wait, wait. Mom, what? Huh? What? Hold What'd on. What'd you say? Wait a second, what? This weekend, unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. So glad we left that stupid party. No joke. Hey, baby, are you an overdue library book? Because you got fine written all over you. Oh, barf. <laughs> what about that girl with the hoop earring? Ridiculous. When she was dancing... Megan, look out. Look out! <gasps> oh, oh. oh, my God. Becky. Becky, are you okay? My arm. I think it's broken. Can you bend it? It's already bent in the wrong direction. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. I only had a few drinks. I was just buzzed. Really? Just buzzed? Yeah, I swear. Well, 
In that case, my arm is fine. Ah, that's better. You're really okay? You're serious, Becky? No, genius. I'm not serious. Ow! My arm, it hurts! Buzzed driving. Maybe we should stop acting like it's no big deal. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. I'll pick you up after school. Okay, I got it. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine, and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, Han. I thought you were coming home early. Yeah. What's the matter? What happened? And I realized today just how much I really love you. What do you mean? I almost got killed today. Oh my god. I was rushing home to catch the game. There was a train coming. I thought I could beat it. Oh, I, Billy. I was just about to go around the gate. Something made me slam on the brakes. Oh, thank god. I coffee went everywhere. I'm so glad you're all right. It wasn't worth the risk. Never see you again. Never smell your hair. I don't even say that. I'll never see you walk. Oh, I'm sorry. It takes a mile for a train to stop. Don't try to beat a train or someone you love will get hurt. Look, listen, and live. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver and this station. Whoever said half the fun is getting there had to be a Cub Scout. Because the only thing more exciting than being awarded a badge is the once-in-a-lifetime experience that went into earning it. 
From hitting his first bullseye to toasting his first marshmallow, a Cub Scout can take part in tons of activities that bring the perfect mix of unforgettable fun and essential life lessons. To learn more about how scouting can make a difference in your son's life, visit BeAScout.org. Scouting. Prepared for life. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on, or this to the treadmill on your wish list, or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Carl Lewis for the Will Rogers Institute. Eat all you want and lose weight. At some point, everybody wants to lose a few pounds. But claims like these are often just too good to be true. So be careful when choosing a diet. Before you start a weight loss plan, please talk to your doctor and do your homework. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. Hi, this is Rick Moranis. You know, some people are more careful about what they feed their cars than what they feed their bodies. They know that the wrong fuel can hurt a car's performance and maybe ruin the engine. But the wrong food can have the same effect on your health. Too much fat, too many calories, and too little of what's good for you can affect how well you feel and even lead to serious illness. So eat right. It'll help you keep running smooth. For more information, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Let's go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? <laughs> of course. I, I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> wow, jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? It's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Huh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening to Golden Bear Football Coverage all season long, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Halftime here at Andre Reed Stadium. Kutztown leads Shippensburg by a score of 3 to nothing. Josh, offense was hard-pressed to find in the first half for, for both of these teams. Shippensburg could have tied this game or could have 
definitely managed that end of the second half a lot better than they did. I mean, they got to that fourth down and short situation, let a lot of the you know time remaining on the clock bleed off before calling their second time out with four seconds to go and ultimately force themselves into a long field goal situation uh, with Montrose having to kick a 46-yarder right before halftime for Shippensburg. That was no good uh, as the final play of the first half. So for KU in this second half, Josh, what adjustments do you think they got to make offensively to find some more success? Yeah, they just need to need to find something. I mean, just not a lot of offense, right? And we did see a lot of offense coming through uh, Stephen Burkhardt on that one drive that did bring them down to get those three points. And there were, could have been another drive where you did get another three points, but not a lot of offense, like you mentioned. And you need to find something, right? We talked about how the weather is going to play an impact on today's game and how the passing attack might not show up as we expected. And it's not, but you need the run attack to step up a little more than they have. Well, and I think things are only going to get more hairy in the second half as the rain continues to intensify here at Andre Reed Stadium as this game has gone on. So it's going to get, you know, the playing conditions are going to get worse. Again, I think the rushing attack for both these teams are really going to have to step up. And you know, we saw a lot of airing it out in the first half. You know, with Novak early through eight pass attempts in that first quarter alone, then he died it back down uh, in, in the second quarter. But I think the rushing attack and Stephen Burkhardt had a lot of success, three carries for 36 yards. Like you mentioned, had that long of 32, averaging 11 yards per carry there. So, interesting to see who um, in this Kutztown backfield steps up, whether it's Burkhart or whether it's Davis or Stewart here in this second half here for Kutztown, Josh. And last week we saw a lot of this. We saw a lot of the Jaden Stewart show. Now we're seeing a good amount of the Stephen Burkhart show. So I'm going to be interested to see how specifically Stephen Burkhart steps up. Right, he had that amazing drive that gave him three points. Obviously, it didn't end in seven like you would have liked, but it gave you three, and I think that does something. That gives you some momentum. You just need to keep the momentum rolling here, and it just... It's a different offense than than we've seen throughout years and it, throughout throughout the weeks. And, I mean, at this point, you got to do something differently. you got to change a lot of things. I think there was a lot of things to discuss during halftime. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see now. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. We've, exactly. We said that multiple times, and not the start they were looking for, but it's how you play this next 30 minutes of football that's going to decide a winner here. Absolutely, and I think for Shippensburg offensively, the big question is who's going to be the quarterback in, in this second half? Sam Stoner, their starter, left the game with an injury. Uh, you saw Evan Falco come in, take over uh, on that final drive of the half, got them down right around the Golden Bears 30 for that field goal attempt. So we'll see who the starting quarterback here in this second half for the Raiders will be. Josh, Kutztown defensively, they, they've stifled the Shippensburg offense. Only time the Raiders got across midfield was on that last drive of the opening half. What do they have to do in the second half to be as successful as they were in the first half? Well, giving up only two first downs on defense is incredible to say at least. Rushing yards only giving up 12, receiving yards only giving up 22. That's 34 yards in total in the span of a, a half of football. That's impressive to say the least, and they stepped up big time. Um, so I think they just need to keep the momentum going, right? Forcing a lot of three and outs. Wasn't a first down in that first half. Almost no first downs in that second half as well until they start to build momentum, right? So they're going to look for those quick check downs. So it's going to be important to see how Kutztown can read read the ball so quick right so the secondary needs to get those reads correctly 
And if they don't, we could be looking at ourselves a, a different second half than we would like to see. Well, Kutztown is going to get the ball first to start this second half. We'll see that offense early, what halftime adjustments they will make. Josh, if there is a key player you want to know for the second half who's going to be a big impact player for this Golden Bears team, who would you say it would be? I think Steven Burkhart is going to be one of the biggest players for the offense uh, to look out for. But I think for your specifically defense, I want to look to Tyler Weary to step up big time. He's one of those leaders on the on the defensive side of the ball. I need him to have a, 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 like an exceptional second half. So I think we're going to see a lot of Steven Burkhart taking on a good amount of the workload. Plus, on the defensive defensive side of the ball, excuse me, Tyler Wary. Yeah, and, and we mentioned Burkhart in the first half when he came in and had that huge 32-yard run in his first play of the game. It, it was just like it was just a new sense of life for that for that KU backfield. You know, just found a hole and, and found that burst that you know neither Davis or Stewart could. And again, we'll see who's the uh, you know the lead guy in this backfield for the second half. 4KU as this second half is getting set to get underway here in these rainy conditions from Andre Reed Stadium. Golden Bears up 3 to nothing. I mean, only seven combined first downs between these two teams in the first half. And really, you know, how, it, how hard it was for these teams to generate offense consistently. I mean, two for Shippensburg, five for Kutztown. And again, this is a Kutztown team, even on normal condition days, they do, do a really good job of limiting their opponents uh, first downs their opponents are only getting 14 first downs per game that's good for first in the PSAC so even on a normal day the consent defense comes to play but especially with the weather conditions helping these defenses uh, it only makes them look that much better okay you're getting set to receive the second half kickoff it'll be sincere Thomas and Curtis Ravenel the two men back deep and we are underway in quarter number three it'll go into the end zone for a touchback and the Golden Bears will start at the 25 yard line here as Judd Novak and the offense trot out onto the field And we talked about how offense needs a quick start. Marcel Quarterman definitely had a lot to talk about in that halftime conversation. Only five first downs combined. It's something you need to definitely change if you want to be successful here. And you need to make a quick adjustment. And only time will tell. Yes, it will, Josh. These next 30 minutes will indicate... Obviously, who gets the upper hand at the end of this game, but how these teams, you know, can you know, look going forward. Novak in the gun, four wide receivers on the field. Takes a snap, wide receiver screen. Out across the 30 is Caden Hasty there for KU. Pickup of six there on first down. So that's a strong start you were looking for. Great, great lateral, right? Off to that far side, everyone... Everyone's crashing up through the middle with Davis in the backfield. Everyone thought it was going to go right up the middle. right? But now now it's going to be interesting to see, Jack. They're probably going to rush four. Linebackers might crash. Hand off to Davis up the middle. He will fight his way for about a yard at the most there. So he did get a yard, sets up third down and three here. KU one for seven on third downs today, not successful. Again, we mentioned that it was one of the keys of the game, the Shippensburg defense, the best in the conference at 
getting their opponents off the field on third down attempts. Novak fakes the handoff. Looks to take a deep shot. One-on-one, -on -one, Makai Gibson. Reels it in. What a grab by Gibson. Down inside the 40 of the Raiders. He'll spot him at the 37-yard line. The redshirt freshman connection hooks up yet again for another big play down the field. And we talked about those one-on-one -on -one matchups time in and time out. They either end one or two ways. You get beat by step, you lose the step. And I think the defender and Gibson stayed right on each other. And just Gibson knew he had to go up for the ball and it came down with a great job by Gibson to say the least. First down and 10 from the Raider 37. Give it off to Davis. Fights across the 35 and down to the 33 for a pickup of four. Sets up second and six. And I think that was a big statement play considering the weather, considering the factors you had playing in effect. You only needed a couple and just to air it out, just to set the statement. I think that was something they they needed, Jack. And just, also considering their limited success on third down, Josh. They were yeah. just one of seven going into that third down attempt and get that huge play through the air to Gibson, who was their main big play receiver. Novak on the quarterback, draw up the middle, get inside the 30. Chase down from behind. He'll get to the 25-yard line. For a pickup of eight and good for a Golden Bears first down. It was a 31-yard hookup from Novak to Gibson on that third down play. A great-looking drive to start the second half so far here for KU. We've gotten down in the red zone twice now, and they are on the brink of getting in the red zone for a third time. They came up empty on their first trip, turning it over on downs after going for it on fourth and goal from the two and settled for a 33-yard field goal from Dawson Evans the second time around. Davis running to the outside. He'll be slung down for a loss. DJ Jackson, the sophomore defensive back there on the tackle. So one of the most important things to know at this point Jack is you got two quick first downs against probably the best third down defense one of the top third down defenses in uh, the country right specifically the conference for the for discussion points now it's going to be interesting to see Jack how, how how long can they keep this up for you need to keep it rolling you have momentum is coming in your favor you just need to keep it rolling second down and 11 delayed handoff for Davis bounces it and he'll get back to the 25 and inside the 25 to the 24 pickup of two. And a third down and long again here for Kutztown. And depending here on how many yards you get for Kutztown, it'll bring up a decision again for head coach Jim Clements whether they want to send Ebbets and the field goal team out onto the field or... Roll the dice once again and go for it on fourth down. At this point, I wouldn't roll the dice. Just a, a limited offense attack. You need to get every point you can. Novak looks to throw. Flushed out to the right. Fires underneath to Davis inside the 20. Tiptoes his way. Inside the 15. They'll spot him at the 12. Gain of 12. And that's going to be good enough for a Golden Bears first down. Great job by Novak. Realizing nothing down the field was open, just roll out and find your running back, Davis, as the check down wide open in the flats. And a great job by Jordan Davis to stay in bounds on that far sideline 
and get enough yardage for the first down. And we talked about two games ago, that East Stroudsburg game where he got out of bounds, where he needed nine, he only got eight, how that was a teachable moment. You could absolutely see he learned. Great job by Jordan Davis. So, and an even better read by Jed Novak. So the middle is crashing, right? He's He needed a quick check down pass, so Jordan Davis finds himself open, and that's what he needed. Handoff for Davis. Fights his way down inside the 10. He'll be wrapped up at the 9. That's a pickup of 3. Second and 7. Just a great methodical drive here for Kutztown. Here to start the second half. Already over 5 minutes gone in this third quarter. If you could punch this in the end zone here, it would only put Chippensburg further back on their heels. Being down by two scores and a lot of time off the clock in this third quarter. Novak takes a snap, rolls right, looks back left. Now going to tuck it and run, makes the man miss. Spins his way forward and he will be wrestled down at the six-yard line. Another pickup of three, sets up a third down and short. Oh, I talked about how... Shippensburg's defense is one of the top third defense, top third down defenses in the conference, but also to the nation. So it's going to be important to see does Shippensburg's defense bend or break right here. So if you get the first down, I would say that puts you at a ninety percent chance you're going in for six. But let's say you bring up a fourth and two, fourth and one. Do you take the gamble once again, knowing you didn't convert? the one time you did. Third and four from the six. Handoff for Stewart. Slips the tackle. He will fight his way for a yard. Down to the five, and that'll set up fourth and three, and the field goal unit out onto the field. And so I think Joe that Clements won't take the risk this time, and he'll settle to take the points. And I think that was a, a good idea, considering you didn't convert the first time. So Evitz on to attempt the field goal. Now Evitz going to line up wide. Novak going to line up under center. And there's a false start. So it looked like they were trying to line up to do a quarterback sneak or the famous tush push that the, that the Eagles run, but a false start. He's ultimately going to have to make the Golden Bears elect to kick the field goal here. The false start making it a fourth down and nine. I'm sorry, fourth down and eight from the ten. So now you're looking at a 27-yard field goal attempt. Evans already made one from 33 today. Snap good, hold good. Kick is up. It is no good. 27-yarder pushed wide left from Ebbets, and the lead will stay at 3-0 for Kutztown. Let's send it down to the sideline for the first time in the second half to get a word from Mitchell Smedley. Thank you, Jack. As the rain picks up even further, so has the intensity on the Shippensburg sideline. They have been all of the emotion in this game uh, for about the last half quarter, starting with that uh, injury to their quarterback after that hit. They were screaming, the coaches irate, uh, looking for a penalty. And it's only intensified from there. Uh, they've been all of the energy yelling before each play. 
and their defenders on that third down stop, they were basically taunting the Kutztown offense, saying, score, come on, score. But they can't. Obviously haven't found Pater yet, just three points, three points more than Shippensburg does. So I don't know what they're taunting about. Back up to you guys. First down handoff, it's going to be Falco and the keeper out to the 25. Pick up a five. So the question has been answered. It is the backup quarterback, Evan Falco, there to start the second half here for Shippensburg. Falco possesses a more dynamic dual threat capability as a quarterback. So you've seen him already rush it four times. Handoff for Hess. Burst up the middle. Out to the 31. Pickup of six. Good for a Raider first down. So you didn't convert on the field goal attempt, right? So you need more than ever to make a stop here, Jack. I think all the momentum is going in the favor of Shippensburg. And we talked time in and time out how momentum can play a big factor in into a football game, and right now, Shippensburg's got all the momentum on their side. And for Kutztown's defense, it's got to be, you know, deflating. Because the offense just can't get the points on the board, despite how well the defense is playing. Thrown over the middle of the field, that's going to be Red Douglas out across the 40. Down to the 43-yard line. Pickup of 11, another Raider first down, and Douglas looks a little shaken up. Came up hobbling after that catch. Still is a little bit of a hitch in his giddy up, but he's going to stay out there and tough through it. Three wide receivers on the field. Douglas lined up in the slot. All three wide receivers to Falco's left. Hand off up the gut. It's Hess out across the 45, fighting his way towards midfield, wrapped up at the 49-yard line. Pickup of six and... Looks like a completely different Raiders offense here in the second half. Third quarter flying by, already 4.40 left to go. That long drive from Kutztown that ultimately came up empty with a missed field goal. But now the pressure felt like feels like it is on KU, Josh. You mentioned the momentum switch from that missed field goal all that time off the clock and nothing to reward it with, no points. Now the Raiders up near midfield as Hess will get spun down on the Golden Bears side of the field at the 49. Pickup of just a yard makes it third down and two. Raiders just one for nine on third down conversion attempts today. And at this point, this might be one of those times you just need need a stop here. Uh, Shippensburg with all the momentum, like you mentioned, just marching right down the field. Now you're at now you're in Kutztown's 49. Douglas motions. Delayed handoff to Hess, trying to push his way forward. We'll see where they spot him. Awfully close to the line to gain. Looks like. He'll be spotted short, only got a yard to the 48, and a fourth down and one upcoming for the Raiders. And at this point, you gotta go for it. With 3.13 left to play in the third, it's fly by. Time is at a premium now. 
with offense, and you need to go for it. You, you have no other option. Already down to 10 on the play clock. Under five. Falco takes a snap. Rolled out right. He's going to take off and run. He is... Looks like he has enough. And it is going to be good for a Raider first down. So down to the 46, a pickup of two and just enough for a new set of downs for Shippensburg. And Shippensburg looks like a completely different team than we've seen them in the first half. I don't know what they did in halftime, but it's certainly working. First down and 10. Handoff Hess inside the 45 to the 40, fighting his way down to the 35. And having to be wrapped up by a pack of Golden Bears, still pushing before the whistle came in. And you can just tell the energy on that Shippensburg sideline way up right now, along with that tough run from Hess, just refusing to go down. Pickup of 11 there, and that's another Raider first down. Just a game we were not expecting, to say the least, Jack. Falco going to keep it. Run inside the 30. 25 to 20 down the sideline, and the Raiders are inside the red zone. Falco... Knocked out of bounds at the 16-yard line. Pickup of 19 on the quarterback run. And KU having a real tough time keeping Falco in check on the rushing game. It just makes no sense. Just whatever Kutztown's defense did last half, it's not translating into, in, into this half. And something I noticed is just Kutztown just always struggles in the third quarter for some reason. And goes back to that theme that we've seen over the last couple weeks. Handoff up the middle, nowhere to go. Jake Davis, the first to meet Anastas Neely in the hole. The Temple transfer is Neely, graduate student. And now the starting running back, Hess, back into the game. Loss of one on that carry from Neely. 30 seconds to go in this third quarter. Falco takes a snap, looks to throw. Jump throw over the middle, incomplete. Was looking for Red Douglas, the top target. But an incompletion sets up third down and long here for the Raiders inside the red zone. And we talked about how they struggle converting on third downs. Now Now we see how, how much they struggle or how good they are because with 21 seconds left to play in the third quarter, time is going to be at a premium here. This is big for Shippensburg too because you obviously want to make it as close of a field goal as you can, but if you get the first down, you can possess it going into the fourth quarter. And if they were able to get in the end zone, really put the pressure on the Golden Bears. Falco takes a snap, rolls out right, looking to the end zone, almost intercepted. 
It was Drew Henzer with a golden opportunity to intercept it, but right through his hands and incomplete. And now the field going in and onto the team, onto the field, excuse me. Looking for the tie for the Raiders. Wow. That could have, and he had all the room in the world to run. He could have ran. Could have been a pick six. That would he have had the been. blockers. He just had to reel it in, but went right through his hands. 34-yard attempt, Jack. 34. Montross on the field of kick. Snap good, hold good. Kick is up. It is up and through, and we're level at three with 12 seconds to go in the third quarter. The Raiders have evened things up. Let's send it down to the sideline. Mitchell Smedley, what do you have for us, buddy? Thank you, Jack. Yep, this third quarter going by very quickly, just one drive for each side. You know, if you take away the 12 seconds we have remaining. Uh, one other thing that these quarterbacks are now dealing with is uh, uh, here and there, slightly stronger breeze now. Uh, wind playing a little bit more of a factor as we keep talking about weather. But you mentioned it. I've been talking about it. The sideline over on the opposing team. Sorry, Shippensburg. The Raiders' sideline, it's absolutely incensed right now. They have all of the energy in this building. Andre Reed Stadium, the home crowd, can't really drum much up because there ain't many of them left. The rain has driven quite a few fans out of this building, and hopefully the Kutztown offense can put on a show for the ones that remain. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. Wind is now playing a factor. Very important to note. Here in the final seconds of this third quarter. Very fast-moving third quarter, like Mitch mentioned. Just one drive for each team. Golden Bears come up empty with their field goal. 27-yarder no good from Evitz, but that one up and through for Montrose. Ties it. Sincere Thomas will take the kickoff from his own two. Out across the 15 to the 20, and he'll be wrapped up just shy of the 25 at the 24, and that's where Judd Novak and this Kutztown offense will take over in the final seconds of quarter number three. And again, you have to go back to that missed interception there from Drew Henzer. I mean, that play looms large right now. If he's able to come down with that interception, regardless of how much he was able to gain on the return, that wipes off you know, the field goal here from Shippensburg. So, I mean, that is a play at this stage of the game we have to circle and we have to look back on and say, you know, what could have broke differently here for, for Kutztown. And for Henter, he's, a pro he's probably already kicking himself for it. So you, you, you can't. You don't want to pile on the guy too much. No. Burkhardt out across the 25 to the 30. 35 40 down the sideline before he shoved out of bounds. At the 48 yard line. Big time run. There for Steven Burkhardt, a 24 yard scamper on the final play of the third quarter. We'll step aside. 45 down, 15 to go. Your score, Shippensburg three, cuts down three. We'll be back for quarter number four here on KUR. In 1966 in Anchorage, Alaska, a talented child was born. He would go on to be one out of only 11 Alaskans to make it to the major leagues. The odds of him striking out more than 3,000 hitters? One in 33 million. The odds of this pitcher being selected to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game six times? One in 48 million. The odds of this fastballing philanthropist winning the World Series three times? One in three million. The odds of this man having a child diagnosed with autism? 
one in 110. Hi, I'm Kurt Schilling. Learn the signs of autism at autismspeaks.org. Autism is getting closer to home. From one in 5,000 only 20 years ago, today one in 110 children are diagnosed. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks, it's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Three quarters down, one to go here from Andre Reed Stadium in a deadlock 3-3 battle between Shippensburg and Kutztown. Burkhart takes the snap, spins, and just gets back to the line of scrimmage there. Second down and 10. Burkhart, the most successful of the Golden Bears running backs today, has had a couple of big runs. Two for over 20 yards in this game. Second and 10 from their own 48 for Kutztown. Novak in the gun. Handoff Burkhart. Spins his way across midfield and down to the Raider 49. Pickup of three. Sets up third down and seven. And dare I must say a must convert third down here with 14, 14 left to play. It's it's going to be a fast-moving quarter, most likely. Uh, it's, you have to convert. Pivotal third down and seven. Down to six on the play clock. Novak in the gun, three wide receivers on the field. Design quarterback run, and he's going nowhere. A loss of yardage for Judd Novak. Back to midfield. And Nate Millard and the punt team will go back out onto the field early in the fourth quarter. Third down and seven, and you elect to go with a quarterback draw. Interesting play calling here from Kutztown. And I understand the play call. If you have the lead and you're just trying to run time down, punt from Millard will bounce all the way to the end zone for a touchback, and the Raiders will start at their own 20-yard line. But third and seven from just across the other side of midfield at the Raider 49, and Novak has had some success rushing the football today, but not much. Not enough to the point where I'm going to call up a quarterback draw on third and seven. And not to mention, too, when your pocket is collapsing, it, it doesn't. There was just nowhere to run. No. I mean, yeah, as soon that... as he takes off at the middle, I mean, the hole got bottled up. There was nowhere to run for Novak. At that point. Why he lost a yard on that play. At that point, you just. You have and to I get it, it, the wind, the rain, but keeping it on the ground is an interesting call. Hess going to get out across the 25. He'll spin his way down to the 30. That'll be good for a first down. An injured Golden Bear behind the play. Number 95, Freddie Redder, the redshirt freshman from Quakertown, Pennsylvania. He'll be tended to. 
by the training staff here. And let's quickly send it down to the sidelines and get a word from Mitchell Smedley here early in the fourth quarter. Thank you, Jack. Well, after that last uh, offensive fiasco that we watched on that third down play call, which interesting was one way to describe it, I would say not good is a better way uh, on that play call. <laughs> the uh, offensive cuts down coming off the field was yelling to their D, get a turnover, get a turnover. And uh, that would go a long way in uh, going toward a Kutztown victory. You have to start thinking, though, we saw each team only got one possession in the third quarter. Possessions at a premium here. Don't know when you're going to get the ball back if you are. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. First down and 10 for the Raiders on their own 30 after that 10-yard run from Hess on first down. He'll plunge his way forward for five out to the 35. So Tanner Hess, the redshirt sophomore. Much more successful here in the second half than he was in the first. Already 15 yards for him on this drive. Falco in the gun. Four wide receivers on the field. Two on each side. Neely in the backfield. Fakes the handoff. RPO action out to Bryant. He will... Not be able to get out of a tackle there from Justin Harris. Great job to wrap up and not let him slip away. That's going to set up a third down and four. Pickup of one in the 36. And this is probably a bust stop time at this point. With 11.30 left to play in the fourth. It's You have to make a stop here and get your offense back out, back out on the field. You have no other option. Big third down. Raiders one for 11 on third down today. Falco takes a snap. Feels the heat. Steps up and throws. Batted down. Incomplete. Great rush off the edge by the Golden Bears. Great job by the interior of that defensive line to get their hands up and bat that pass down from Falco. A three, not a three and out, but a stop from this Golden Bears defense and forces a punt. Only one first down on that drive with the Hess run on the first play of the drive. Then after that, on the next set of downs, they force him into a punt. And I thought they might have called a holding on the left tackle, but no holding call assessed. But still, a, a stop they needed, right? And we talked about how Kyle Butler was, was one of the big leaders on the D-line, and he stepped up. Lloyd will take it and let it bounce, excuse me, downed at the 34-yard line, and that is where the Golden Bears will take over with 10.57 to play in this 3-3 game. Josh, it's been a struggle for this Golden Bears offense. They've had a couple of successful drives. Two down inside the red zone. They come up with a 33-yard field goal. Excuse me, three drives they get inside the red zone. One results in a field goal, one in the turnover on downs, and the other in a missed field goal on the 27-yarder. Last time out for Dawson Evitz. Big drive here for KU if they can get any points with how much points have come at a premium today. And like Mitch said in his last point down on the sideline, how possessions are coming at a premium in this game. Every possession means that much more at this stage of the game. Faking the handoff to Burkhart. Novak rolling out to his right. Evades a sack. Looks downfield. And will fire it harmlessly out of bounds. Incomplete. Ravenel was the lone receiver in the area. Second down and 10. 
I just, uh, it, it, it's a completely different team, Jack. I, I don't know what they're, it doesn't make any sense. And look, the weather is playing a huge part in this game. I, you, you can't say it any way else. Oh, yeah. The wind, it's cold, the rain is coming down steady. It's not just a drizzle anymore like it was around kickoff. It is steady rain here in the early parts of this fourth quarter. Up the middle to Burkhart. He will just get back to the line of scrimmage and set up a third down and long for KU. And they have not been efficient on third down today. Just 3 of 11. Mentioned controlling third down was you know, one of my keys to the game. And they've done that defensively by getting off the field. The offense just hasn't been able to step up and convert. In large part because a lot of their third down attempts are coming in third down and long situations. Third down and 10 here. Three wide receivers to the right of Novak. One to his left. Takes a snap. Flushed out right. Fires to the sideline looking for Hasty, but airmailed it out of bounds. Incomplete. A three and out, and the Golden Bears will have to punt it away again. No answers for this KU offense here this afternoon. And I mean, getting back to your point, Jack, with just the weather conditions not being ideal, it's like that for both sides, for yeah, both it's teams. Not, hey, look, it is not an excuse for KU. It's clearly yeah. affecting both teams and how they're running in the offense in this game. But for Shippensburg, the RPO plays are plentiful with Falco just because of the rushing threat he he possesses and he's able to just dump it out quick to the flats. I feel like I you know want to see a little bit more of those plays here for KU. Bunt for Millard. Oh, bounce all the way back into the end zone. For another touchback, and the Raiders will take over at their own 20-yard line with 9.55 to go. We'll send it down to Mitchell Smedley on the sideline. Thank you, Jack. One thing that's playing a key role in this game when Kutztown is trying to pass the football, the amount of times you said that Novak is rolling out to his right, that's because the left side of the offensive line not holding up against this Raiders defensive line, causing him to rush throws, causing him to not be able to get set and find the guys down the field. It's really having an impact on this game because it sets you behind the chains with every incompletion. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. Yes, Novak has been rolling out to his right quite a lot today. First down and 10. They're going to go back to Hess on the ground. He will get just a yard on that first down play. But, I mean, we've been focusing a lot on the offense, Jack. But talk about the defense for both of these teams. Only giving up three points at this point through about 15 minutes of football. That is impressive, to say the least. They've both been stingy. They've both been quick to swarm to the ball, whether it's on the ground, great covers through the air, and clamping down on these wide receivers or both of these defenses. Great point, Josh. Credit goes to where credit's due. They're going to quick... Out on the halfback screen there to Hess. In fact, he will lose a yard. Pardon me, though, saying he's going he's going to get back to the line of scrimmage on that play, setting up third down and nine. Devin Jones on the stop. And, Jack, we find ourselves at the same situation we did the last drive another must need stop with 835 left to play another third down and long five wide receivers on the field two to Falco's left three to his right 
Looking over the middle. Steps up. Flushed out right. Weary in pursuit, and Weary's bringing him down for the sack. All right, talk. The experienced linebacker, Tyler Weary, gets home for the sack on third down on the mobile, Evan Falco. I talked about in the pregame show, Jack. I was looking for Tyler Weary to be that leader. He comes up big time, right? And we talked about time in and time out how secondary needed to get the reads on point, and he got the read on point. He knew that he was going to probably roll left. He knew he had probably about three seconds to get there, and he got there in about two and a half. Raiders going to be punting from their own end zone. This is not only just a huge sack to get off the field, but for the field position game. Booted away. Going to take a Raider bounce. Down at the 41-yard line. And... Looks like there is a penalty marker down on the goal line. We'll see what it is. Roughing the kicker, probably. So it was a running into the kicker. The penalty is declined. It'll be a first down for the Golden Bears at their own 41-yard line. So with 7.35 to play here in the fourth quarter, there are two things I want to say out of this drive. Number one, you got to put some points on the board, whatever it takes. But number two, you got to drain out the clock as much as possible. You, you need to keep your offense out there as much as possible. You have no other option at this point. You need to keep them out there. It feels like any score in any capacity at this point could be good enough to win the game for either team, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. First and 10 from their own 41. Back to the ground game, it's Davis. To the 45, and he will be chopped down there. DJ Jackson there on the tackle. There for the Raiders. Pick up a four, second down and six for the Golden Bears. And at this point, you have to air it out because one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to get a big gain, or at this point, you need to almost... Try to draw the pass interference just to just to get the just to get down the field. Just whatever it takes because the and whistles come in. Timeout Shippensburg. So Shippensburg will elect to take their first time out of the half with six fifty six to go. That could be huge down the stretch. If this game remains level, as we're still in the middle stages of this fourth quarter. But Josh, I mean, for Kutztown's offense, they, they aired it out last drive. A lot of passing. Didn't get anywhere. Had a punt with a three and out. They elect to go with a run on their first play of the drive here. Get four with Davis, second and six. Are you looking, and I know you said you want to see them air it out down the field, but they haven't taken a lot of deep shots in, in the second half. And I think that is attributed to the weather conditions just because, you know, whether it's blocking not holding up and it's just, you know, being able to grip the ball and not being able to throw it that far down the field. I think the run, the rushing attack in the run game is going to be huge down the stretch for either team uh, to come out on top here today. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that about it. it's going to come down to the wire and who can outlast the other team at this point because, 
It's been a defensive showdown. Second and six. Davis up the middle. Bounce it to the outside. Across midfield. Gets out of bounds. At the Raiders 47-yard line. And that is going to be good enough for a Golden Bears first down. Nice run there by Jordan Davis. Hit the hole. Shed a tackle. Pick up eight. And a new set of downs here for KU. And it keeps the clock moving as well. You're draining off clock as well while getting down the field. Those were the two things I'm looking for, right? And those plays might work. So you're seeing that that the left side is, isn't as strong as the middle. And back to the ground game, Davis. He's going to lose a couple of yards back on his own side of the field. Davis looks a little bit shaken up here. So he's going to come off Jaden Stewart now into the game as the halfback. It's a loss of four there for Davis. Second down and 14. Davis had nowhere to go right from the get-go. Right back to the ground at Stewart. Spins out of a tackle. Fights his way back down to the Raider 49-yard line. Uses a pickup of three as they spotted Davis for a loss of five back to the 48. Now it's third down and 12 here with just over five minutes to play. And this might be this might be one of those plays, Jack, that might determine the outcome of today's game, I think. Very well could if Goodstown can't convert here. Be giving the ball back to Shippensburg in the late minutes of this one with under five minutes to go. Novak in the gun. Looks to throw. Steps up. Now going to take off inside the 45 to the 40. To the 35. Down to the 34-yard line. Pickup of 15 and good for a Golden Bear first down. Great run by Judd Novak. Realized the pressure was coming. Stepped up. Made a couple of Raider defenders miss. He knew what he needed. And he got it. Plus more. So, Judd Novak, you see that all of his defenders are in pretty much tight coverage, to say the least, double coverage at, at that point. So he saw that the middle of the field was pretty much open up until about the 35-34 yard line where, to where he got to. So a great read by Judd Novak, seeing that the middle of the field was open, takes off, gets the first. Hand off to Stewart, fights his way to the 30, pick up a four, sets up second and six. We're going to quickly give you an out-of-town score update as there is an injured Raider down on the field. Clarion has a lead over Mercyhurst, 35-28. Gannon holds a field goal lead, 24-21 over, over Slippery Rock, the PSAC West Division leading Slippery Rock. East Stroudsburg has a 21-14 lead at home against Westchester, and Millersville and Shepard just got underway at 2 p.m., still scoreless in the early, early portions of that game. Evan Townsend Henry is down on the play. He is back up on his feet, walking off on his own power. The graduate student. Third. Gannon up 24-21. That's a huge score update out wow. last. 
Golden Bears set to face Slippery Rock later in the regular season, but with both of those teams leading their respective divisions, that could become the PSAC title game. Very well could be, but... If things stay the way they are now, of course. 3.52 left to play, Jack, and it's coming down to the wire. Yes, it is, Josh. Saw that two weeks ago against East Strasburg, seeing it again. Stewart on the handoff. Just gets back to the line of scrimmage. It's going to set up a third down and six. 335 and counting. Jordan Davis will come back on. As Stewart lost a cleat on that last play. Golden Bears still have all three timeouts. Shippensburg burned one with 6.56 to go in this fourth quarter, so they are down to two, important to note, in the late minutes of this game. So two wide receivers line out to the left, Gibson and Ravenel. Husser, the tight end on the left side of the formation. Fakes the handoff. Flushed out right. Novak looking to throw, and he will just fire it out of bounds. Incomplete with 2.56 to go. Now a decision here for Coach Clements from the 30-yard line of Shippensburg here on 4th and 6. And it looks like they're going to go for it. And why? Going to keep the offense out on the field. Under three minutes to go. At this point, you need six. Down to three. Whatever it takes. Box. And the whistles come in. Timeout, Kutztown. Want to talk things over here. With 2.55 to go, with the timeout taken and the Golden Bears discussing what they want to do on this upcoming fourth down, we'll send it to Mitchell Smedley on the sideline. Yeah, obviously, big decision time here, Jack. I'll touch on that in just one second. But ever since that second down play when Shippensburg last had the ball and big sticking hit on the sideline here, Kutztown has had all of the energy on their sideline and back in the stadium here as opposed to the Raiders having it most of the third quarter. Big decision here. We were just discussing field goal range. Typically, you'd think 50 yards is kind of pushing it for a kicker, probably even less uh, with this, uh, less of a range with this weather. So that's probably feeding into the decision to go for it from the 30. Fourth down to six. Huge play coming up back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. Big upcoming decision. Like you mentioned, glad to see that energy back up on the Kutztown sideline. It looked like for that third quarter, it was mostly you know on the Shippensburg side with the energy on their sideline and the momentum was favoring them. But Kutztown certainly has regained control here of the momentum and the energy on their side. Fourth down and six. Offense going to stay out on the field here with 2.55 to go. Biggest play of the game. You can, if you can convert here, continue to run out the time, give yourselves a chance to take the lead here in the late, late stages of this one. Novak looking to throw. Steps up, looking end zone sincere. Thomas incomplete. Kutztown side looking for a flag. They won't get one. It's a turnover on downs with 2.49 to go. 
And the Raiders back out on the field. Everyone down on that Kutztown sideline signaling for a flag that they wanted passing interference. They don't get there, I rate Jack. And now it'll be Evan Falco and this Raiders offense back out on the field with 2.49 to go and two timeouts with a chance to take the late lead here on Andre Reed Stadium. Would be a huge outcome here in the Eastern Division. Three wide receivers to his left. They'll go on the ground to Hess. He's not going anywhere. Just fought his way back to the line of scrimmage. Now second down and 10. Kutztown's defense has controlled this game all day, and they're going to need to continue to do that here in the late minutes of this fourth quarter, now more than ever. You need to control the clock. You need to get a three down here. You have no other choice. Second and 10. Falco looks to throw. Flushed out right. Looking for his running back, Hess, but fired it too far behind him. And now a third down and 10 for the Raiders. Huge incompletion. It stops the clock here. And if the defense is able to get off the field, there's still time to work with for Novak in this offense. But again, the sole focus has got to be this third down and 10 getting off the field. Shippensburg just one for 13 on third down conversions today. And you got to wonder, Jack, just something I, I noticed. I mean... Is it fourth down territory for them at this point? You can't. No, it's a tie game. Yeah. Deep in your own end, there is no way you can elect to go for this. Unless, unless the only viable scenario is if it's fourth and one and you have that much confidence in your offensive line to get that push. But they got to get those nine yards first. Falco looking to throw. Has time. Throwing over the middle. Incomplete. Was short of his intended target, the running back Tanner Hess. So fourth down and ten. The Raiders quickly go three and out. And the Golden Bears... Be set to get the football back. Here with just over two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Another big stand, another big stop for this Golden Bear defense. Has a big punt upcoming here for Tanner Luther and the Raiders. Trying to pin the Golden Bears as far back as they can. Obviously you can't pin them too, too deep unless you get a monstrous punt. So he'll be punting it from inside his own 20. Lloyd going to signal for the fair catch. He will field it at his own 39, and that's where the offense will start with 2.07 to go. We'll send it down to Mitchell Smedley before this pivotal drive begins here for KU. Thank you, Jack. And would you believe that they have new life, a new drive beginning for Kutztown, potentially the last drive of the game. Need about 40, 45 yards to reasonably get into field goal range to try and get a game winner off here. Uh, we'll see what they can do. They still have all of the energy on their sideline. Very excited about that defense. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. No back in the offense. Back out on the field. Three wide receivers, Casty, Hasty, and Gibson to his right, and Ravenel, the lone receiver to his left. Hey, you just need to get in field goal range here. Just dumping it out to Hasty, but he couldn't handle it. A drop there by Hasty. Just tried a quick out there on first down and 10, but unable to find his receiver. And Jack, we talked about the weather conditions, and they're still playing a factor. I mean, still coming down pretty heavy out there. It What's is. interesting to note for these receivers, Hasty and Gibson both not using gloves. Yeah. 
Neither is Ravenel Jr. Every receiver out there not rocking the gloves at this moment. Davis plunges forward. They'll give him a yard out to the 40. Sets up a third down and long again. Here with 150 to go and counting. And at this point, if you don't convert, you have no other choice but to pin it deep. Got a punt here if you're, if you're unable to convert on this third down. And for Kutztown, they're just trying to run down the time in case they don't get it. Want to leave the Raiders with as little time as possible, but you can't think that way. You think you have to get this first down. Novak takes a snap. Looking to throw down the seam for his tight end. Husser tipped and intercepted to the 40. Bumped down at 43-yard line. That was DJ Jackson with the interception. Second pick thrown today by Judd Novak. And that one, not necessarily all his fault, as that one right off the hands of Husser and into the arms of the defensive back, DJ Jackson. And it sets up the Raiders with 118 to go and a pair of timeouts out across their own 40. Golden Bears now all of a sudden back on their heels late in this game. You need to force a three now here. You, you need to. You can't let Shippensburg get across midfield. Big drive for Evan Falco, the sophomore. Just his second game of the year. Had one pass attempt coming into the day. Relieved the injured Sam Stoner late in the first half. Dumped down to the tight end. That's going to be across midfield. Down to the 49-yard line. That is a pickup of eight. Under a minute to play. Got to go fast if you're the Raiders. Falco takes it himself. Wary and company wrap him up. Down at the 46-yard line. Pickup of three. Good for a Raider first down. And with 46 seconds, Justin Harris is down on the field for KU. Shippensburg did call their second timeout as they look at the injured Harris. I mean, Josh, this is getting tense now for KU. Raiders on their side of the field. Of course, now all the focus is on Justin Harris as he's being tended to, but heart being fast here. Yeah. If you, if you're KU down on that sideline, you know it's it's getting tight. You can't allow too many more yards before the Raiders get into field goal range and a chance to pull off a shocking upset here this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's looking tough right about now. You, 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 need, you need to find a stop somewhere. And just we're unable to put any points on the board. And we have to look back at a couple of those big plays that down at your own two, going for it. So Harris? Got Sorry, three. Yes, to cut you off. Harris makes his way off the field. So go to the medical table. First and ten from the Golden Bears. 46. 43 seconds to go. Wary off the edge, rushing. Wary brings him down. Big time sack. Tyler Wary, his second sack of the game, came unblocked off the left side and hit Evan Falco from behind. So with the injury timeout, they did give the Raiders their second timeout back, but they will now use it here with 36 seconds to go. And when the Golden Bears defense needed to play most, 
It was their graduate student linebacker, Tyler Wary, coming up with a big-time sack here with he under a minute to go. flew off that corner. It's almost like no one saw him coming. The left tackles did absolutely nothing to stop him. It was a delayed blitz from Wary, which is why it worked so effectively. The ball was snapped. The offensive line were already on their blocking assignments, and then Wary came delayed off the left side, got into the backfield untouched, and Falco didn't feel it from behind, and he got wrapped up. Big-time sack sets up second and 16. Now from their own 48-yard line with 36 seconds to go, puts them behind the chains time and time again here, not only this afternoon, but this whole season, this KU defense has made plays. Tyler Wary steps up with a huge sack there. And no doubt about it. And talked about one of the big leaders of that team. And someone someone that they needed to step up. And he stepped up big time there. Second and 16. Falco on the quarterback keeper. Across midfield. He'll be wrapped up. At the 46-yard line, 25 seconds and counting, going to set up a third down. Raiders got to move. But 20 seconds, or are they content playing for overtime? Trying to get a signal from the sidelines, Falco. Down to 15 seconds. And now the Raiders will call their final timeout with 14 seconds to go and a third down and 10 from the 46. Again, looks similar to the end of that first half of the time management. A lot of the time coming off the clock there before this time they finally burn the timeout. But third down and 10 with 14 seconds to go, Josh. You gotta expect they're gonna try to air this out down the field. Trying to just get closer and closer to field goal range. And at, at this point, it's all about who can get the better coverage downfield and who can, you need a stop. That's that's what it comes down to at this point. Because let's be honest, if, if you get a stop right here, they get no yards. It's not field goal range. Even if they get to the forty, that's probably not field goal range. That's looking that would probably that would be a fifty five yard attempt at that point. Fourteen seconds to go. I mean it's just the dire moments of this game right down to the end. It's a nail biter. Big time third down. Biggest third down of the day for the Raiders. They're one for 13 on third down conversions. Already was not a successful third down team coming into the day. They, they boasted the worst third down conversion percentage of any offense in the conference. And they've only seen that number fall farther with today's results so far. Falco looking to throw over the middle. Tipped. Incomplete. Almost picked off by Adaga. Excuse me, Adoga. They are trying to make a diving interception, but falls harmlessly incomplete for Falco and the Raiders with eight seconds to go. It's now fourth and ten from the Golden Bears 46. And this is fourth down territory. You have eight seconds left to go. You're you're most likely going in going into overtime if you don't convert. So do you keep the offense on the field or do you just punt it away and play for overtime? It looks like they're gonna keep the offense on the field here. Down to five on the play clock. Raiders got to hurry. Down to three. Just get the snap off. Falco, designed run inside the 45. Inside the 40, trying to bounce it to the outside. He's got to go down. 
Time will expire. We will require overtime today at Andre Reed Stadium, all tied up at three. Falco didn't get enough of the first action. It was ruled down at the 39-yard line. But regulation is over. Overtime tied at three. We'll now send it down to Mitchell Smedley on the sideline. Thank you, Jack. Yippee, overtime. Just what everyone here wanted, right? Well, it's a muted sideline for both sides. They know they've only put up three points each in regulation. That's not good statistics. I don't care what team you are. Uh, the defense is playing very well so far today. But, I'm, you know, all kinds of mismanagement on that final drive for the Raiders. Uh, running it when you had about 30 seconds left of one timeout, not calling that timeout for about 10 seconds after the play was over. Uh, those were big seconds that went off the clock there. Uh, and then the, the play calling in and of itself. I want to go back to the missed opportunities in this game for Kutztown. I mean, they're there. The interception in the end zone that was not to be right through his hands. Uh, the missed pick opportunity at the end there could have given Kutztown one play to try and win it. Just some missed opportunities all throughout the game for both sides. But we're playing on. We're going to have a winner today. Um, might take a little while, though. Back up to you guys. Thank you, Mitch. Yes, missed opportunities on both sides. You know, you look at that Drew Hensler possible interception late in the third quarter, not to be, just couldn't reel it in there. Deep inside their own territory, that allowed Shippensburg to kick the field goal to tie this game. The turnover on downs early in the first half on their second drive, going for it on fourth and two, incomplete to Ravenel. You know, you can look back and pinpoint, you know, these specific moments as to how this game could have, you know, gotten a different outcome and maybe not have required overtime but all that is irrelevant now because with four quarters down we are level at three overtime is required and yes Mitch like you mentioned one of these teams will come away with a win today it's just just going to require some extra time now Jack I'll be honest with you I think this might be our first time calling a game that went into overtime first I... overtime game of this season for KU and I believe you are right about that, Josh. Yeah, I don't Dating think back we've... to last year, there was not an and overtime when game our here on Andre Reed. And our freshman year, when we called a couple games, I didn't experience an overtime. Did you? Thinking back on it, no, I, I don't believe wow. I did. This might be a first for us. It is, but for KU, it's just you got to – Regardless of whether they get the ball first or not here in this overtime, and it, and you it, have to tip your cap to the defense. Only three points allowed. It's just, again, missed opportunities. You can go back to those drives with the turnover on downs inside the five. The missed 27-yard field goal there that could you know, would have given Kutztown the lead and ultimately would be the difference right now. But here we sit in overtime, and you got to wipe the slate clean. You can't be thinking about what could have been. You have to think of what can happen now here in the present and just focus on playing your hearts out in this overtime and, and getting out of here with a win. Whatever it takes. Again, it doesn't matter how it looks. You just have to get the win. Yeah, because at the end of the day, on your record, it, it, it it's still either going to be a win or a loss. It It's, it's not going to show up as a... It's, a, it's not going to say you went into overtime and won it. It's just going to say it's either a win or a loss. So whatever it takes. But Jack, not exactly sure what we're waiting on here. Looks like there's a an official running. 
So now the captains will go out to midfield. We saw an official sprint off the field at the end of regulation there. But yeah. now he's coming back onto the field. The captains will go to midfield and... Wait. Their decision on... Now, Jack, for... Going to Austin overtime. For what it, what it might be worth noting, I think we should explain the rules of overtime for our listeners. So, just... Yes, so... Each team will get a possession starting down at the 25-yard line. And you know, the scores can go back and forth with a touchdown. Obviously, you've scored a touchdown. The other team turns it over on downs. The game is over. Um, and then the game will last. Obviously, until one team has lead and ultimately gets the win, just get a stop and get a score in for, for KU's approach. See, my philosophy is for overtime when it comes to overtime. I want to go on defense first. Try to step up, get the stop, put the pressure on their offense to score first, uh, and then ultimately take it from there. Captains will shake hands as this hard-fought game has gone to overtime. Man, oh man, Josh. On this rainy, gloomy Saturday at Andre Reed Stadium, it will require extra time. Didn't expect this. Golden Bears did win the toss, deferred. So, Shippensburg will get the ball first here in overtime. Again, it goes back to my point. I'd rather be the team on defense first. And with how you know the offense and the points have come at a premium today, going on defense first is a great idea. No doubt about it. As the rain has not stopped whatsoever. Everything is... Rain still coming down steady. A slight breeze here at Andre Reed Stadium as we enter overtime. But for KU... Chance to go to 4-0 in conference play for the second time in three years. They were obviously undefeated in Eastern Division play and their PSAC title season in 2021. Obviously having those same hopes again this year. You know, this team started 0-2, but they've won four straight. And don't want to see that winning streak slip away here at their home field. Falco takes a snap, first down and 10. Hand off to Hess, fights his way inside the 20. Down to the 17-yard line, pick up of eight, second down and two. And Lloyd is down on the field. Lloyd, the redshirt senior from Ambler, Pennsylvania. Such a big part of this Kutztown secondary and their primary punt returner. There's actually two Golden Bears down on the field on this play. Injuries, obviously, something you never want to see. So it's Anton Lloyd, like we confirmed. But also, too, that's... So Lloyd is getting to his feet. 
it looks like it's Ayami Adoga, the other injured Golden Bear on the play. So those are two big losses to the defense already on the first play. That's that's tough. Lloyd jogging to the sideline. He appears okay, and a Adoga walking off under his own power as well. Second down and two. From the Golden Bears 17-yard line. Right back to Hess, bouncing into the outside. Flag's going to come down. Looks like it's going to be a hold on the Raiders. So that will be a holding. That will be it. So that'll put them at the 27 yard line. So a second down and, and 12. Jack. Big holding penalty there, Josh, on Shippensburg here. Second down and 12. From the Golden Bear 27-yard line. Pritchard, the tight end, motions from right to left. Back to the ground. Nope, Falco's going to keep it thrown over the middle. Incomplete. Great coverage there by Drew Henzer on the tight end, Pritchard. And we talked about, Jack, so sorry to interrupt you. We talked about how he missed that interception. He's stepping up big time. He realized that he could have easily ran that, that ball back, not taking it to overtime. But that was a big play. Now you're looking at a third down and 12. This is probably the, the time that you need to stop the most. Absolutely, Josh. Third and 12. Now, great job by Falco to fake that handoff. Did a great job fooling me anyway. Thought that Hess yeah. had the ball, but he pulled it back. Look for his tight end, Pritchard. Great pass breakup there by Drew Henzer. Third and 12. Falco. Flushed out right. Throwing over the middle of the field. Sliding. And that's going to be caught by Red Douglas. At the 15-yard line. And that's going to be good for a first down. And another missed holding call on that play, Jack, and that has to sting. So a 12-yard catch there by Red Douglas, the junior from Youngstown, Ohio, the top wideout here for the Raiders. Falco going to keep it inside the 10, and Falco's in for the touchdown, but it's going to be coming back. Two penalties down. believe it's going to be a hold on Shippensburg that will take away the touchdown. But what is the second? They're right around the same spot. So a hold on the offense 
The repeat first down. Huge penalty as that takes away the rushing touchdown from Falco. Couple of holding penalties here in overtime for Shippensburg, Josh. So, so first down and eleven from the sixteen yard line. A couple that have taken four wide receivers on the field. Falco. Pocket breaks down. Looks to run. Up the middle. He'll be wrapped up. Just outside. Nope. They'll spot him at the thirteen. Thought he might have gotten down to the 11, but they'll say his knee went down at the 13 before falling forward a couple yards. Actually, they give him the 12. So it's second down and seven, a pickup of four. On the ground, it's Hess. Inside the 10. Fights his way down to the six-yard line. Going to set up a third down and short for the Raiders. Third down and one. And you need to make a stop here at this point. And if they don't convert, is that fourth down territory? Do you go for it? It's a tough gutsy call. Gutsy call, and the Raiders will only have to make that decision if they get stopped here on this third and short. Handoff Hess. He didn't get there, it looked like initially. We'll see where they spot him. He didn't get it. Short of the line to gain. Fourth and short. Biggest play of the game. Chance for the Golden Bears defense to get off the field. Looks like the Raiders will keep the offense on the field. No. They're going to make a late switch and bring the field goal unit out onto the field. And you got to wonder, is the fake field goal play going to come out for Shippensburg? I feel like if you're going to go for it, you just leave the offense on the field. That is so gutsy to go for a fake field goal. It's Jackson Montross out to attempt it. Snap good, hold good. Kick is on the way. It is up and through. And the Raiders strike first in overtime of the field goal. Now up 6-3. KU with a chance for the tie or to win the game with a touchdown. The pressure is on the Golden Bears. How will the redshirt freshman quarterback Judd Novak respond to such a big moment here in the middle of this season, trying to keep the win streak alive. Shippensburg looking for their first win against Kutztown since 2017, right here at Andre Reed Stadium by a score of 27-13 in that game. Much different outcome than this one. Not just by the margin of victory, but also by the vast amount more of points scored in that game comparatively to here today. First and 10 from the 25. Golden Bears down by a field goal. Novak, design quarterback run. 20, 15, 10, 5, Novak is in! Touchdown KU! Golden Bears win it! One play in overtime, Judd Novak calls game! 
He got in! What a run! And it's Anarchy and Andre Reid. The bench pours into the back of the end zone. It took just one play. And the Golden Bears get their first touchdown of the day. And get the win. Wow, the hole opened up right up the gut. What an ending. What a win. KU makes it five in a row. Judd Novak, how would the redshirt freshman respond to the big moment? And I'd say he answered just fine. A 25-yard touchdown scamper. And the Golden Bears survive at Andre Reed and hold on to the top spot in the PSAC East for another week. Wow. What a thrilling game. What a finish. Unbelievable, Jack. So, let's review that play. So, first of all, you had two to your left, one to your right. So, you knew it was probably going to be a pass. He was going to air it out, try to put it away early. But no, Judd Novak sees that the pressure is all downfield. So, he takes off runs with it. He has a small hole on his right side that ultimately was enough to get him at least the first. But all the pressure stayed downfield. All of your receivers are blocking. Everyone's out to the left, towards the right, and he takes off. He knew he had about one to about maybe two or three seconds to get to the end zone, and he got it. He knew what needed to be done, and he got it. What a win, and what a play by Judd Novak. And, Jack, I, I think I almost interrupted. I think I might have interrupted your call on that. I do apologize, but, man, what a win for the Golden Bears. What a job. What a game. Judd Novak with the dagger in overtime. A designed quarterback run, 25 yards to the end zone. A backbreaker for Shippensburg to know they were so close to pulling off such a huge upset on the road and shake up the PSAC Eastern Division standings. Not to be. Judd Novak, the redshirt freshman. A big-time play in a big-time moment here on his home field. He'll remember that one for a while, man. What a big-time win. Huge moment, and KU remains undefeated. Now 5-2 and two on the season, I should say. Undefeated in Eastern Division play. Now 4-0. and oh. You thought for just a minute there that this one might slip away, but they sealed it. They got the win, Josh. Wow. What a game. Unbelievable. Low-scoring affair. A defensive showdown with just one touchdown on either side, but it was the leader of this offense. You know, and you, and you mentioned how experienced this KU team is, but it was the youthful quarterback with the biggest play of the game for KU on a gloomy, ugly weather condition Saturday. Rain dumping down the entire day. The wind playing a factor all for naught. To try to spoil a KU win, I should say. But man, unbelievable win. A thriller at Andre Reed Stadium and the Bears survive. What a win. And... It was impressive to say the least, but I want to give all the credit to the, in the world to Jed Novak on that on that play. He he read that perfectly, but also too, let's give credit to where credit is due to Shippensburg with hanging 
with a tough Golden Bear bunch. Man, they they held strong and they never gave up. And to take this game into overtime, it was impre They they did an outstanding job. Just couldn't just one play cost them that game. And that was the difference. That was that was it. One play and. And that's sometimes all it takes on the gridiron, Josh, just one play to completely change the game. And again, for Shippensburg, this has just been a familiar theme for them this year. Come so close, but fall just short. Now with this game in the books, five of their seven games have been decided by one score, but only one of them has gone their way. And that has to be really frustrating. You come that close to beating the top teams in the PSAC, and you lose it by one play. That's... That's that's tough. It is unbelievably tough and tough pill to swallow. And it's going to be a long bus ride back for the Raiders here after this one. Unreal, Un unreal finish. Uh, well, let's get right into the post game. We mentioned Judd well, Novak, Jack. Before you get here, the other couple members of our broadcast team and K War, the wonderful Abby Regensberger. And of Our, course, Mitchell Smedley. Mitchell, Mitchell Smedley. Smedley. We were, we were going to send it down, down to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass, pass off my headset, headset so you can sign off when we're ready to do that. that. Give, give a final word. I'll give I'll give you my headset. But yeah, uh, yeah I got abso absolutely what a win for the Golden Bears. But Jack, let's get into the post game show here. Let's a lot do it. to talk about. A no lot. Mac, of course, of course, that big play. We can't talk about it enough. It was the play of the game, the the game sealer, game winner, uh, from Judd Novak. Again, just such a big play and a big moment. From that young man uh but steven burkhardt again you mentioned him built off of a solid first half in the second half seven carries 60 yards his final total averaging 8.6 yards a carry with a long of 32 there so burkhardt did a really good job establishing himself as the lead horse in this in this running back room uh but man passing game didn't really factor of course with the weather conditions but josh a defensive showdown all the credit into the world to this KU defense. We mentioned Judd Novak, and we can't say it enough, but the defense stepped up, only allowing six points with that big stand for the field goal on that third and one, not letting Hess to get the first down, you know, was just as big of a play as that Novak touchdown because limited them for getting a new set of downs and possibly the touchdown to put Kutztown back on their heels. And that could have been the, the that was a really questionable play because that, that was fourth down territory. They could have easily went for that. And you'll never know if they would have got it. You, you, you'll you never know. Uh, I 100% I, I agreed with the decision that they made to go for three. It was unquestionable, the correct call. 100% I would have went for three any day of the week. Because considering Kutztown, the lack of offense they had throughout that game, I it was no doubt the correct call, but just it was a defensive showdown. I and, understand and, playing it safe. But in my mind, you're on the road. You were not, you know, favored to win this game. Just, you know, how these two teams, where they sit in the standings, the records, and, and a bunch of other factors. But, you know, you're on the road, and you're in overtime, and you got a chance. I think you got to take the big shot. I, I would have elected to roll the dice and go for it on fourth down if I was Shippensburg. But, look, I understand playing it safe, taking the three, and putting the pressure back on Kutztown. And you mentioned, Josh, we'll never know what, what, what would have happened if the Raiders elected to go for it on that fourth down. But KU gets out of here with a win. The final score, 9-6. to six. Uh, Last thoughts before we pass it off to Mitch, Josh. What a game. Uh, and you already said 
all the credit in the world to Good Sense defense. I want to give a lot of credit as well. I shouldn't even be doing this, but I want to give a lot of credit to Shippensburg's defense as well. And just the amazing works that they did. I mean, limiting Kutztown, one of the top offenses in the, in the conference, to only a touchdown and a field goal, that is impressive to say the least. And to only limit them in the red zone only about four times. That was impressive to say the least. And not to mention, Kutztown only got 12 first downs to a team that on the season has over 100. I mean, it's it's impressive to say the least. I know the weather conditions weren't the greatest, but hats off to both defenses for the effort that they gave and just a solid game. But yeah, like I said, I'll pass my headset off to Mitchell Smedley. Mitch, you were down in the conditions. You braved Cold. them. You braved, <laughs> you braved we'll them, my friend. Oh, man. Well, we'll get his final thoughts on this one. But, again, I just want to really quickly build up that point that Josh made about Shippensburg defense. They came to play, forced a couple of interceptions uh, there on Judd Novak. An incredible game defensively for both sides. But KU, that one big touchdown in overtime from the aforementioned Novak on that quarterback run to seal the deal, win the game, put them at 4-0 in Eastern Division play, 5-2 on the season. What a thriller here today at Andre Reed Stadium. Yeah, really. It was um, some sort of heart-stopping all the way from start to finish. Uh, for what it's worth, it was a tight game. It was an entertaining game. Uh, if you like defense, we know Josh does. He talks about it every broadcast. This was his kind of game, right, Josh? Yes, you like I this love, game. So I, love, I love this game. I, uh, I put on 20 pounds with the amount of water that my clothes have absorbed standing out in it for the last three hours. But, it, hey, that last play made it somewhat worth it. And what a scene that ensued down on the field. I mean, the band rushing in, the cheerleaders rushing in. Uh, just the eruption from who was left in the stands. I mean, like I said on the broadcast, those were the diehards. Those are the people that really love to be here and love their Golden Bears more than, I mean, we all do, right? We all have, we all love this place. KU is a fantastic uh, environment. We love our Golden Bears. Those were the ones braving it, just like me, Abby, James, braving the, the cold, the wind, the rain for all those hours, and they were rewarded today. And I'm so happy for the, for the fan base here at Kutztown. Got to see that. I mean, just an explosion of noise and cheers. Um, and the players themselves, the, the defense standing on the sideline, you got to think what they were thinking. Jack mentioned it. you got to be frustrated when you're making all these amazing plays, these stops, and your offense is three points on the board the entire game. It got paid off at the end there. They, who, If anyone was sitting, which no one was, I mean, they were all running onto the field immediately as he crossed the goal line. Just what an, an elating feeling for a defense that put in so much work, and they get credit for a win today. Um, and, and they're really the, the side of the football that dominated. Any thoughts, Jack? Absolutely. Again, it was a you know lackluster showing from the offense, yeah. but a big-time spark um, that jolted this place with an electric finish. Just so thrilling. Not you know, just that the offenses weren't there, but at the end, it came alive when it mattered most. Judd Judd Novak, the biggest play of the day. Not much more else to say than that. You put it into great perspective with the. And there were chance. Um, remember, it's reminiscent of that third down and like fourteen, third down and twelve, whatever it was, where he ran uh, for the first in that fourth quarter. Keep that current drive alive. I know it didn't turn into points. Uh, but there were, you know, people on the sideline chanting, "Do it yourself, Judd! Do it yourself, Judd!" Well, he's he he took that to heart on that final drive uh, in overtime. He did it himself, and he got it done. So yes, he, he did. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, he did, Mitch. That added level, you know, that that dual threat capability that Novak possesses—it's just so huge. And this day and age of college football, you know, being able to air it out that that Novak can didn't really factor today just because of the weather. But man, it's ultimately his ability to, you know. Tote the ball on the ground, which is really what stood out the most. Yep. 
just an electric scene, probably the most electric play I've seen here at Andre Reed Stadium. Uh, being down on the field for it, very lucky. Um, appreciate all that uh, that KUR has, has been able to uh, give to us in these opportunities. And I mean, what an exciting moment! I could hear it from you guys up in the booth here. Just what a day! What a moment! Uh, thank God it's over. <laughs> That's really all I can say. I think you're just saying that because you're out of the elements. I'm right? out of the element. Yeah, exactly. It's nice and warm in this booth. I like it, it up That's here. Why, that's what I said back in the second quarter. It's Can nice you graduate already? I want to be booth. up here. Oh, very funny. <laughs> very funny joking around. Yep. Well, Anyways, I'll hand it back over to Josh, and we'll get this thing signed off. But uh, I'm Mitchell Smedley. This is the last you hear from me today. We'll be back in a couple weeks, though. Uh, you guys will be in, in Lock Haven, right, next week? Yes, yeah, we will. That, that's yep. a, so preview of our announcement yeah i'll be in uh, oh i'm sorry did we not did we not disclose that yet no we look at me not. jumping the gun they'll be in lock haven folks <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll be in florida but uh, I'll, I'll be back on the call in two weeks can't wait hopefully it's a lot warmer and and less less hopefully it's drier kimansu might get on the weather for me i need i need something different anyways here's josh what a call uh, from you two here what a what a game what a day i'm signing off see you guys All right, now we're going to wrap it up here from Andre Reid Stadium. Josh, just unbelievable. An unbelievable game. I don't want to be, you know, being redundant. You know, I just don't want to be redundant. We, we've said it enough, the no-back play, how great of a game it was. I think it's time for us to get out of here, isn't it? Yes. KUR player of the game? That's true. I mean, I thought I thought we said his name. I, no, I, I think it's got to be. It's got to be John Novak, yeah, the yeah. overtime winner. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've we've been saying the play enough, Josh. I mean, I think it was yeah. it's kind of obvious who the KUR player of the game is. It's Judd Novak with that touchdown. I mean, if you want to take the you know the the bigger perspective answer, it's the KU defense for for all they did throughout the four quarters in overtime. Uh, but yeah, I think it's got to be Judd Novak with that electrifying touchdown run. Yeah, he definitely like Mitch said. Fans were telling him to take it into his own hands, and he did. He he read that play perfectly and made the play probably of the year at that point that gave the Golden Bears the win. And and like we mentioned, too, it's at the end of the day, it's not going to say you won the game in overtime. It's not going to say the struggles that you won. All it's going to say is you won 9-6, and ultimately Golden Bears did what they needed to do and got the win. Well, that'll do it for us here today for Andre Reed Stadium. The Golden Bears will be back out on the road next week at Lock Haven. Josh and I will be going out there to do live coverage of that one. That is a 1 p.m. start time. Next time, the Golden Bears will be back here at Andre Reed Stadium two weeks from now for their homecoming game, welcoming the Millersville Marauders for a 2 p.m. start and that one. Thank you so much for tuning into our coverage of Kutztown Golden Bears football here on KUR. From Mitchell Smedley, Joshua Toot, our advisor Mike Regs, and our board operator Andrew back in the studio, this is Jack Heim saying so long. <laughs>